Welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan. And we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season six, episode 20, Catch 22. Oof. Written by Laura Glasser, who had some story by credits on the West Wing, and that's about it. Oh, okay. This is her only episode that she actually wrote, I believe. And directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. Originally aired on April 23rd, 2003. That's Shakespeare's birthday, right, if you don't know. Right. Uh, description from Wikipedia. And death date. And death date. Yes, that's true. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, description from Wikipedia. Pacey learns he has lost all of his, as well as Dawson's money in the stock market after unwisely investing it in all of the Stepotech, Stepotech, sorry, biotech stock that just went bust after a public FDA rejection of Stepotech's miracle flu drug. I feel like this hits so different in 2022. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Pacey then asks his boss, Rich Rinaldi... (laughs) To borrow $18,000 to refund Dawson's money. That's not what he asked for. But R- Rinaldi refuses. Well, Fresh- we, maybe he did. No, he d- Yeah, we knew it was 18000 I thought it was 7000 Oh. Um, whatever. Anyway, frustrated and angry after Rich and ins- R- Rinaldi insults Pacey one too many times, Pacey physically attacks Rinaldi and is imedi- immediately fired. Meanwhile, Joey passes her English final with an A minus, which earns her a C plus average grade and is relieved that her long ordeal with insufferable Professor Henson <laughs> is over. Girl, same. <laughs> However, Joey later tells Henson that she wants him to as her advisor when she j- decides to choose English as her major. Elsewhere, Eddie surprises Joey with a trip to Europe for the summer, but a fiery conversation about how differently they live their lives leave both of them questioning their future together. Eddie ends up breaking up with Joey with a letter. Elsewhere, David finally breaks up with Jack, who ponders if he was only with David to prove to himself that he could hold a steady relationship. Fiery conversation is not how I would describe that shit show with Eddie. Hmm. You girl, we are going to get into oh, it. Oh yeah, woof. Um, okay, April Miss History's Mysteries. Um, just one. April twenty ninth, two thousand and three. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld, may he rest in hell, <sighs> confirms that U.S. troops will be withdrawn from Saudi Arabia, where they have been stationed since the nineteen ninety one Gulf War. Mm. Funny how that works, huh? Mm. Um, the number one movie is once again anger management. Oh, wow. Two weeks in a row. Wow. Still never seen it. Still never seen it. Don't intend to. <laughs> uh, number one song is all in the, in the club. I mean, right. it was a jam. It was a jam. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a time. It was yeah. a place. Yeah. By 50 Cent. Debuting at number 66 is um, So Gone by Monica, which okay. is a real, it, it slaps. Yeah. A real good one. Debuting at 71 is Avril Lavigne's Losing Grip, which I feel like is a song that, like, once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, this was yeah, everywhere, yeah. but could not sing it to yeah, you. Yeah, Absolutely not. It's fine, though. I feel that way about every Avril Lavigne song. They all, and... I'm like, which one's that? And then you hear it, and you're like, oh, oh right. Avril Lavigne is playing right now. Yeah, That's exactly. right. <laughs> That's like, I totally feel yeah. this in my soul. Right. <laughs> 
Um, debuting at number 75 is Magic Stick by Lil' Kim featuring 50 oh, yeah. Cent. Oh, I love that song. I love that song. I love Lil' Kim. I will say it to anyone who will listen to me. Lil' Kim walked so that fucking Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi oh, B could yeah, run. Yeah, 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 exactly. And run they did. I know. That is no, that is no my, shade to either yeah, Meg, yeah. Meg or my, Cardi. She's on my personal anthem. Can't hold this down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Feature um, feature what's the real disgusting one? Lil' Kim um, yeah, it's about licking people. How many licks does it take? Oh, God, I love that song. Anyway, debuting at number 87, the absolute banger, In Love With You by DeBrat featuring Cherish. That song fucking slaps. It's so good. And at number 99, in the year of our Lord 2003, is Whitney Houston with Try It On My Own. I mean, Crow has given us bangers so true. for decades. Yeah, she, oh man, she was given a gift by God. Oh my God, that voice. I know. Every time you hear it, it's like. I know. Like, every time Queen of the Night comes on in my car, which is a lot, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, at least once a week, if not more, um, I'm just like, fuck, this song slaps. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, just yeah. immediately. Okay. So- not right, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off here in a very nice restaurant. Is it Civilization? It kind of feels like it. <laughs> like, I definitely was like, is this the same set? Like Honestly, same I spot? thought it was. I, You know, I always... A side effect of living in Los Angeles is that, like, you always are... You're always recognizing places. Like, they're like... Oh, we're in Grey's Anatomy, and I'm like, that's downtown Los Angeles. Right, I know right. it's supposed to be Seattle. Right. I know that I have to like right. totally, yeah, yeah, like yeah. okay, but that's my office, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, and I remember being inconvenienced by this shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's funny watching this because I was like, oh, is that Campanile? Or no, wait, what's the um, uh, that bar in Silver Lake that was an old fire station, Edendale. Edendale. Uh-huh. I was like, is that Edendale? And then I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's in North Carolina, Julia. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so I, I like, Pacey's in this like nice suit at this dinner. And I like think that at some point in my life, probably at this point in my life, I thought that this was how adults dated. Uh-huh. I'm so glad that that's, that was a wrong assessment. I mean, it probably is to some people and that's fine. But like, we don't really is know. That fine? I'm judging you. <laughs> if you're in a suit on a date. <laughs> We don't really know what the situation is. And like a waitress comes up and is like chatting him up. And then like kind of out of nowhere, Sadia comes in. Yeah. And they're like on a date. Yeah. But like Pacey looks sad when he's sitting at this table alone. Yeah. Like he's just like, okay. And then they kind of like, Sadia and him kind of like flirt. And, you and I'm know. just like, how does he feel about what happened with Joey? We're, great question. Because he wasn't in the last episode. He directed it. Don't I know it. (laughs) But uh, we don't know how he feels about Joey being like, nah, I'm choosing another man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, Sadia and him like have a nice little rapport. Yeah. And he kind of like is like, oh, that waitress was flirting with me. And and she's like, oh, you know, like. Go for it. Yeah. He's like, I have a type. It's brainy 
brunettes with brown eyes. And I was like, Andy Erasure. Yes, true. What the fuck? True. We could have just stopped at Brainy. Yeah, Brainy Girls. But then that would have been fucked up to the waitress. All of this is fucked up to a lot of people. Yes, totally. Although Pacey does have like legit game. Like the whole time I was thinking like, even though he's saying things I don't love, like he has a legit game. In oh this. yeah. I yeah. was like, absolutely. He's always had that. I know, yeah, I know. But I just thing. feel like I should mention it now that like, he's like, kind of seeing, you know, we're seeing him flirt with like multiple women in this one scene. Yeah, and I think that we're supposed to draw the conclusion that he's like fully broken bad, you know, at this point. But like, it's very hard to- Yeah, he's not to, giving Walter White vibes, that's like, for sure. be there. Because right. like, I don't know, he's 20. These women are consenting. He's not being fucked up. I don't, it's like really no, hard like, to like, I mean, I know it, the sir. show just wants us to draw this conclusion of like, if you fuck, you're dumb and you're going to be punished. Yeah. You know? Unless your name is Dawson Leary. Yeah. And then you can be a slut and you're going to be classified the good guy by this show from forever. Um, <laughs> you know, and like he, she says to him, like, how come it took you so long to ask me out? And I'm just like, I don't really understand what's going on here. And I'm fine with Pacey dating this woman. Yeah. I'm like kind of weirded out in the same way it was with the the film critic where it's like, you don't fuck a source, you know, like that's sure. That's like a weird thing that's happening. Yeah. You know, but other than that, I'm just like, these are two adults. If this like professional wants to fuck a 20 year old, like I, I'm going to judge that part. But other than that, like, you know, it's like, do you boo. Yeah. Have fun. So he, and he admits like I was otherwise engaged Mm -hmm. and you know, now I'm not. And he like proposes a toast to like them getting to know each other better. Yeah. And she says much better. And I was like, okay, girl, get that too. I know. Yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. So then we're going to go to Joey's dorm room where her and Eddie are discussing Catch-22. And he is such a fucking asshole. And I'm just so sorry. I know people are mixed about him, but I fucking hate him because he's one of those people who's like, let's have a discussion. You idiot. You're wrong. (laughs) My opinion's right. You know? And you're just like, shut up. And I I know that they're setting this up as like, at least we can see what the connection is where they're like talking about literature. And this is like the first time Joey's dated someone who could, she can like, I mean, quote unquote, the first time she's dated someone who she can talk to about this or whatever. Yeah. But like, we also saw Pacey read a lot and like also have insight. So it's kind of weird, but like the show oscillates between Pacey being an idiot, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, her and Dawson had conversations about books and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I just like, it's like not, like I appreciate at least they're trying to be like, this is why they have a connection, you know, as opposed to say, CJ, what the fuck is happening? On the other hand, like, I just like, I d- he's such an asshole that it like, yes. I don't care. And so this is where I would like to jump in and just be like, I saw it, I, it You're right. Mm -hmm. But also to add to what you're saying, like it's such a like literature thing, you know, like I remember dudes like this all the time in college where like, I'm going to like tell you my opinion. And like, if you have a differing opinion, like I think you're wrong and stupid. And like, it's weird because of course, and and you know, I know you guys know, I've said it before. I have a weird relationship to this class and this show. I definitely read Catch-22 like three weeks after this episode aired when we were done with school. Uh I read it right after we we finished college this year. Yeah. And like, they're both right. 
in this in their in it's their the conversation point of a discussion and like the whole i don't know like that i that's what was one of my problems in discussion classes in right. college where the teacher would or the ta would like let the classroom be usurped by someone who'd be like you're wrong and i remember scheduling meetings and being like i can't believe you're letting someone say someone else's opinion is wrong right like this is actually not creating a safe environment for discussion and like this is actually like what are you doing here right, right, right. um and i'm gonna report this on your evaluation yeah um and someone does read those um so i but also eddie's argument is that like or, or like Joey's argument is that the main character accept that he's stuck in a, in a ridiculous world and like that's it that like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and there's no there's no escaping it. And Eddie says, well, he does like leave basically. I mean, spoiler alert for a book that was written in like the 1950s. Uh-huh. But like that the, the main character again, like basically goes AWOL from the army. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie's like his escape is a testament to the power of one man's struggle against the system. And I was like, Eddie really thinks like he is like the fucking Jack Kerouac. Like he is the edgiest person that's ever existed. I think that's why I hate him so much. I mean, it makes me hate him so much. Because it's also like a mis... And this is one of the reasons I hate about Hedson too. It's like a misunderstanding that women are going to view a book differently. Yes, that too. Like... Uh, and also women up, are, like let's talk about that like hello i'm gonna experience this book completely different based on my lived experience than you are based on your lived experience i mean and if we would like to to sort of tease that out into this episode oh, yeah. and we will really get into it but like my lived experience like like they started off this year talking about on the road right yes yeah and like eddie's like loves on the road or whatever mm-hmm. and joey's like i don't fucking get it and i'm like yeah because eddie has the luxury of like fantasizing about possibly running off and like and being safe physically running off and like traveling in the backs of trucks across Mm -hmm. the country being safe physically and being like you know as safe as you can be in the back of a a truck in which he can romanticize (laughs) that as something he could do absolutely which is in a luxury women have and alternatively or you know adding on that like what female characters have been addressed in hudson's class lolita lolita was there so one th- female author? Did they talk about Virginia Woolf? I don't remember. I know they talked about Lolita. Yes, but that was written by a man. I know. And everyone misinterprets that book. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Joey's like, you know, Hudson's inter- interpretation is bleaker. And Eddie, like, gives her shit for regurgitating everything Hudson says. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not learning. And he's like, she's like, I, I got to fucking ace this test. Right. Like, I don't know what you're on about. I get mm-hmm. it. Like, you get to, like, have this, like, fun time like dissecting literature, but like I have to like actually pass a test in this man's class. Yeah. And like, I get that. I do too. And I totally do. And it's yeah. also like, she's playing the game of academia and he's playing the game of like, my opinion is the right one. Fuck off. All y'all are stupid. So it's like, you know, it's literary, bro. Listen, I worked at a bookstore. Yeah. I worked with this man. I know. In many iterations for many years. He's literally the guy that's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, not today, Satan. Not today. Listen. I'm reading, so I'm not trying to talk to your fucking dumbass. I got to tell you, I know you know this, but, you know, I read a lot in public. Mm -hmm. Um, People ask me that all the time. Yeah, when you're on the train, people are going to ask you that, and you're like, I'm reading. And usually with a headphone in. (laughs) So now I got to take my headphone out, and I got to be like, what did you just say? And then they're like, what are you reading? And I just show them the cover. Mm -hmm. 
if if I meet you on a subway and I just show you to the cover of my book, that means I do no further questions, Your Honor. I do not want to talk a second longer to you about this. Anyway, Audrey storms in in a button-up shirt that I fucking I'm in fucking love with. I want it so bad. And she's like, and like again, it's so sad because we haven't seen Audrey in so long, and these storylines they're giving her are just like garbage yeah it's so bizarre to me you know but like i was grateful to see her her energy is so felt like yeah it's so nice and joyous and lovely to have her in the room Mm -hmm. even if she's complaining about shit yeah she's just lovely also shout out billy busy phillips a real one who got arrested i know yesterday at a a anti yeah uh, at an abortion protest yeah um pro-abortion uh so anyway she's like god is punishing me Mm-hmm. And like she flops on the bed with her shoes on. And I was like, girl, there's might be a reason why God is punishing you. Seriously, you're a monster. <laughs> oh my God. And Joey's like, what? And Audrey passes her like this paper uh-huh. and she's like, they're going to kick me. Audrey's like, they're going to kick me out of school. <laughs> yeah. And Joey starts reading the paper and she's like, um, hun, it says you have to go to summer school to make up for the literal entire, entire semester, semester that you missed. <laughs> Which is weird because why don't you take a leave of absence? But like, don't ask questions. Aaron, come don't on. Don't do it, come you know. On. And um, Joey's just kind of like, or Audrey's like, I don't want to go to summer school. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, you're not going to be here. So yeah. I'll be here like all alone. Yeah. Like, all my friends are going to be gone. Like, you know, and Joey's like, yeah, like, you know, we're not going to be here. And then Audrey's like, that's it. And she grabs the paper and she's like, I'm going to go to the office and negotiate. And, and Audrey I was like, giving a share Horowitz for Coolish. I know, I was like, <laughs> really taught a generation of women how to speak up for themselves. Absolutely. Like, and I, we salute you. She, seriously, I think about it all the time, how she didn't let her dad like do the like, what are you wearing? Uh-huh. A dress from Calvin, Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. You want a literal answer? I'm wearing a dress, you idiot. Moving on. That has nothing to do with whatever action a man is going to take against me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thank you. And also yeah. to stand up for yourself in the classroom setting yeah. because people be fools. These grades are just a jumping off point to start negotiations. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And girl. And Joey is like just not us. And this is like these moments when I just like don't connect with her at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. She's like, it doesn't work like that. And I'm like, so you never watched Clueless. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yeah, you talked about it. Yeah. Absolutely. You are a person who grew up, who was alive in 1996. Well, isn't, isn't that what she mentions they were going to see yeah. when, like, um, yeah. that song was playing her and Yeah, Dawson. totally. Yeah. And Eddie, like, Audrey leaves, and Eddie's like, why are you friends with her? Do you have a friend, Eddie? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. I was like, like, how is this? Like, And I was like, because she rocks? That's why you're friends I with just her. I just like, why are we, sp- why are they doing this? Yeah. Like, we're supposed to be endeared to this character that doesn't like anyone. It doesn't even like Joey. Right. <laughs> what are you, why are you here? Why are, why is this going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And Joey's like, okay, dude, we got to figure some shit out because we're about to get kicked out of the storm room. Yeah. And so we do find out he's like chat- living, living there. I want, I just want to paint you a picture, Aaron. This man is 25. 25. This man is 25 yeah. years old living in a dorm. He's sharing a twin bed while someone else is sleeping in a twin bed next to him. How much money would I have to pay you at 25 to have done that? I would have never done that. Yeah, I know. I would have I never know. done that. Same. No way. You couldn't pay me to go back to a dorm room like two years after I moved out of one. No way. I was like, no fucking way. Other than to be like, oh, you want to come see my dorm room? Like I've like, showed okay. people like yeah. on a nostalgia tour, but I'm like, I'm not sleeping there. Hell no. Oh, fuck Hell that. no. No way. Absolutely not. Anyway, Eddie, ahead of his time, is like, well, let's go get van a van life. <laughs> van life by the river. 
And Joey's like, girl, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And Joey's like, well, I thought we were going to live at my sister's house and get jobs on the Cape. Right. And then Eddie says something that I have a lot of questions about. So many questions. He's like, I don't want to deal with your father's prying interrogations about my lack of future and i'm like does mike potter live at the b&b that's a great that's great question number one if if mike potter does live at the b&b and joey and eddie are gonna go live at the b&b how how many bees are there how many bees are there like how is bessie making any money during summer all of these family members are uh, eating into my yeah, the peak time to make money off these B and Bs, and she's like, someone's in the. She's B. got a bunch of a bunch of fucking freeloaders. What the fuck yeah, is happening? Exactly. And also, how does Joey feel about any of this? I know, and that is really fucked up because I really just can't help but feel we're just supposed to think Joey wants to be with Eddie because quote daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, a fair assessment. I don't know what other conclusion we're supposed to draw. And are we supposed to also feel that same way about Jen? That That, she's with CJ because, quote, daddy issues? No, I think she's with CJ because she's over her, quote, daddy issues. Oh, and CJ's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Got it. it. Because he works at a helpline. Can't you tell? Oh, my God. Can't you tell, Aaron? Isn't every behavior he's given (laughs) us prove that he's a good guy? No? Oh, my God. So Eddie is like, look, in September, I'm going to California. And, like, if we're going to be apart in three months, I, like, don't want to spend all this time bussing tables. Mm -hmm. I've got, like, bigger plans. Is he working right now? Like, I'm not sure his financial situation. He, He... Look, I thought he, he was, doesn't seem to be working. I thought he was homeless because he like didn't have any money. And, and that's came, like a tragedy of our system. Don't get me wrong. But like, and now he's here. But like, does he have money? Uh, you know, my reaction to you saying that is to say no. I know. But I couldn't actually tell you. Yeah, because we're going to have we questions haven't gotten later. Any, any information. So and, then she she's like. You know, flirting with him. She starts flirting with him and talking about sex. Yes. So I don't. I don't really understand where the I don't talk about sex rhetoric comes from. Because she seems fine talking about it now. Yeah. And that doesn't. It's not an issue that clears itself up right away when you go <laughs> back from love lines to fuck your boyfriend. That doesn't immediately solve the problem. No. I just want to tell you. I mean. I mean, I guess it solves the problem of solves getting the problem with him. Of, of people needing to fuck, but. <laughs> and getting with me. <laughs> Why won't you get with me? God, help us. Okay, so we go to the helpline. Well, oh, she she's like trying to get him to tell her what he has planned. Yeah. And like by using her feminine wiles. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like not like, having That's it. not happening. And I just fucking can't get it. I'm done with this. Yeah, same. So we go to the helpline. David's on the phone with someone who's mixing Mountain Dew and Nodos, <laughs> which did make me laugh. Oh, yeah. and it, I was like, bitch, your heart is going to explode out of your chest. Totally, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, like, it's super busy, but Jack shows up. At his work. At his work. And is like, David's, like, very clearly still mad. And Jack is really sheepish, but unapologetic. Yes, exactly. Which, like, I'm just sorry. Like, I do think he was fucked up and should apologize. I agree with you. Like, I can see his point of view of, like, oh, I didn't know that was a boundary. But, like, I'm sorry that I crossed one that I didn't know and now I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Jack is just, like, sheepish. Like, I think I'm going to walk in and be like, oh, hey, hey, how are you? And David calls Jack his ex-boyfriend. Yeah, oh, don't think I didn't clock that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, woof. And Jack's like, I just want to, like, talk to you. Will you just give me a chance? 
And like that fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it does seem like in this conversation that David maybe isn't answering his calls. No, and I, I definitely feel like it's legitimate because like Jack is literally the only one in this whole episode who talks, wants to talk to his partner about feelings and talk to his friend about feelings. So like in that arena, I'm like, love it. Great. I'm here for this. Great. Thank the you. way that it's written, I'm like, Jack, honey. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. lead with an apology. I mean, seriously. Seriously. So Jack is trying to negotiate like yeah. space to talk to David and he's like, come on, like, what if what if you stop by Hell's Kitchen tonight after you know work? And David's like, I don't know. I'm working tonight. And then Jack's like, well, how about tomorrow at eight? And David's like, well, I'm working till nine. And then Jack's like, okay, so you'll be there. And David's like, maybe, but with like a smile, you know, and we're like, okay, okay. Yeah. Like we'll take this. This is legitimate. Yeah. Tomorrow night at nine at Hell's Kitchen. Like we're going to meet. Great. Mm -hmm. Totally. And then we go over to the conference room at Pacey's office and Pacey walks in and starts giving the rich speech yeah. to the newbies. He's and like, I had sex with a beautiful woman last night. And that's what I mean. He's like, I think we're supposed to be like, oh, he broke back. Right. No, He's totally. become rich. Oh, I, th- I think you're right. I- I'm going to have I'm going to pick that apart. But yeah. I think you're right that the show's idea is like, OK, Joey was the last thing holding him on to like mm-hmm. not being a total douche nozzle. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. all- he's totally unmoored. Yeah. I don't see that totally being true, but we'll get into it. He also confirms he's only 20 years old. Yes. And he says that this beautiful woman is out of my league. And as much as he'd like to think it's because he's good in bed, he's not that good in bed. And I was like, I refuse to believe that. (laughs) Anyway, so like he's talking about how much money he's making and does like his best rich impression to this room full of men and is basically like, you know, gives him that speech and don't yeah. come back to on Monday yeah, if yeah. you whatever so then he comes out and he and Rich have this absolutely disgusting dis- conversation about how much money they're making with this biotech thing that Pacey put Dawson's money into yeah and Rich is like kind of doing a Todd thing of like you fucked her I can't believe it brah that's so cool like you're upstaging my fuckability or right. whatever right and he's like you know, we learned that the FDA approval hasn't come through yet for this biotech thing. I hate that I feel the need to point that out, but mm-hmm. it is a plot point. Um, I'm, I do want to give Josh Jackson a little bit of credit in this scene because, like, he plays this conversation with Rich about whether or not he fucked Sadia. Like, he plays it not as gross as it could be played. I agree. Like, it could be played really super disgusting, and I think it's probably written in a way that it should yeah, be super like disgusting. Yeah, like, as a foil to Rich, like, it definitely seems like a, I'm, I have to, like, and I don't defend this behavior, but it feels like I have to play this game in order to right. be in this job. You and know? I'm going to play it at the bare minimum that I have to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Well, whatever still, like trying to hold on to like an ounce of integrity and it's yeah. still fucked up and dumb and like, yeah i still don't like it but yeah. it's like i do like i, I guess wanna... just in comparison to dawson who immediately is like all right everyone fuck you you're fired i fucked you natasha tits out everyone you're let's go you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um like yeah yeah so we immediately cut to the next morning where pacey wakes up in bed with sadia so weird. Very weird. He's like, you are way out of my league. And I was like, God bless the man who knows that. She, um, she agrees. <laughs> she yeah. agrees. And he interrupts them kind of like cuddling and kissing to turn on the TV to see if the FDA has ruled on this yeah. thing. And she's just like, you don't even know what this is. Like, you're calling it a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, look, all I know is I got money in it. 
Like, right. I don't really know what it is or what it does. <laughs> Sounds like someone explaining Bitcoin or NFT. <laughs> right. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. How long do you think Crypto.com Arena is going to be called Crypto.com Arena? Six months. Okay, good. Great. So I don't, I can keep calling it Staples Center. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, how did you become so career obsessed? Like, you're so young. Is that a dig at Dawson? I don't know. But that's a good question. Like that, the whole time that was what I was thinking, because I know we're supposed to draw these comparisons of Pacey and Dawson constantly. And this this scene is like talking about how Pacey, he, he says to her, like, you know, I used to have other obsessions, but then I realized like I should focus on my career. So it's like kind of like, oh, I was obsessed with Joey and now I'm trying to pivot yeah. to do something else. Yeah, he says mostly girls. Yeah. And it, it's like, well, but Dawson is obsessed with his career. Right. So, like, why is it okay that – why does that make Dawson good but Pacey bad? Because his career is in the arts, Aaron, Mm -hmm. and Pacey's career is in making money. Which is an art. (laughs) It is. Isn't that Donald Trump's book? Oh, my God. (laughs) He he did not write that book. (laughs) Oh, and it's a deal, right? Yeah. The art of the deal, yeah. 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 So he says, you know, she's – like, he's kind of like – when this one girl like went away basically like mm-hmm. i turned all my focus onto my career and sh- he's like you know no offense to you and she's Which, like, like i do feel like is at least like enough of like the lines that we're talking about of like how does pacey feel right and he basically feels like well fuck i don't have that that i wanted so i'm just gonna throw myself into this other thing which right. i feel is super realistic oh 100 i mean he did that even in season four where he was like I don't have Joe anymore, so I'm going to throw myself into working on a boat. Yeah. And, like, he just did that to the fullest, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, she's just like, I'm not offended by you. Like, I don't need a boyfriend. Like, that's not what this is. And I was like, oh, God bless this conversation. <laughs> then she says she already has a boyfriend. Right. That's that part, whatever. But, like, I do like that they're actually like, here's what we are. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, this I conversation agree. is happening, like... Don't get it twisted about what this is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But it's just like a weird because we're supposed to be like, this girl's a slut. She has a boyfriend. You're like, I don't. I don't care what she's doing. Know what's happening. Yeah, truly. So then Saudi is like, you know, that other girl doesn't know what she's missing. And I was like, actually, she does, girl. And she we're questioning her yeah. sanity. Yeah. And, and Casey's like, she's in a past life. Yeah. He's and like, so I think that's what it was supposed to be like, oh. The new Pacey. The new Pacey. Broke bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, you know, he he told, tells her that she's proof that God exists and like that I'm his favorite son, which I kind of like, <laughs> I was just kind of like, that is some game, Pacey. Like, <laughs> damn. And he calls himself Pacey J. Witter. Yeah. And then she's like, what does the J stand for? And he's like, wouldn't you like to know? And then she, in a parallel to Joey, uses sex to find out. Yeah, she's going to torture him. Yeah, yeah and her he, feminine like, wiles to find out this, yeah. like, quote-unquote secret. So I just am like, this is a weird parallel. Definitely is. Like I mean, between two parallels, one between Pacey and Dawson, and then another between, like, Sadia and Joey. But Joey's, like, the good girl that doesn't talk about sex, even though we just saw her talk about sex. And, you know, Sadia's, like, I guess, like, the slutty one because she has a boyfriend. No idea. Yeah, I guess. But I do I do really love that scene mm-hmm. because 
as we've argued many times on this show, Josh Jackson has chemistry with fucking everyone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including her. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely. And I just, like, love people being cute and flirty and sexy. Like, go get it. It's fine, but you're just like, I don't know who Sadia is. I right. don't really care. I, like, I don't really understand what we're supposed to think about this situation or Pacey. And, it, like, it's what I keep complaining about. Like, I just am sad that, like, we don't get friend scenes. I agree with like, you. Like, I just wish that Pacey could go to Jen or his roommate Jack or even Emma, who, like, RIP, and the I, hell, where you know, she? wherever yeah. she went, and, like, tell her or one of these people, like, how he felt, what went down with, yeah. like, him and Joey. Because that was, like, a fucking big deal. I agree. But on the other hand, I look at someone like Sadia, and I'm like... I love that they let a woman do this. I mean, I mm-hmm. get that internally the show is probably judging her, mm-hmm. but like, I'll take it that this woman gets to be fun and flirty and like flirt with this guy and have sex with yeah, him. Yeah, it's the same as Natasha and why I love right, Natasha. Exactly. Because they're like, isn't she crazy? She fucks her way to the top. And you're like, problematic because it's implying that men have power to dole out right. because of who they fuck. And right. that's more of the issue than the woman that, you know, does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this girl is like, she's just fucking him for his money. And you're like, also problematic because we live in capitalism, which is corrupt and money yeah. is basically your need for survival. So, you know, um, what are we trying to say here? <laughs> right. But also like, finally a woman gets to have sex and like seemingly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, um, and so we go then to the classroom where Joey's test is. Eddie's in the classroom with her while she's like about to take her final. Yep. Get away, dude. I know. What is happening? <laughs> Did Audrey kick him out? Like, dude, Hopefully. get the fuck out. I need to take a shit. <laughs> exactly. I, my roommate's gone, which means I get to sit in my underwear for like an hour. Get the <laughs> get fuck out of here. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why is he in there? And then like to make matters worse, Hedson walks in. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, we can't escape any. We're not going to get Todd in this episode, but, we're, you know, we get like two of the assholes in here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get CJ, but like. We've got. Eddie. Eddie, Hudson, and Rich. Yeah. It's a it's chocolate lock full. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like a lot. Yeah. I don't think there's one episode in season six that doesn't have three assholes in it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Fuck. So of course, like Hudson walks in right as they're kissing and he calls him Bonnie and Clyde. And I'm like, oh my God. And we like learn that he loves to proctor his own exams. Um why? Beca- because he Joey thinks it's because he likes to watch people squirm. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. It just is so dumb. And then Eddie, like, I just don't care about Eddie, but like. And Eddie's just like, I think I'm going to thank him. For my recommendation. And and Joey's like, why? (laughs) She's like, I don't think that's a great idea. And Eddie's like, because I want to. And Joey's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, It's not going to go well. And then you're going to erupt and you might punch him and like. I don't think this is a good idea. Right. And I'm like, Joey, you're worried your boyfriend is going to get violent. I mean, just like, this is a red flag. Oh, And like, one. yes, Pacey gets violent too. And even in this episode, so like, which is a red flag about him as well. Absolutely. And Joey has to kind of like stroke Eddie's ego that like, Eddie is the bigger person. So it's not going to be Eddie that's the problem. It's Hudson who's going to egg him on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Joey, could you just get away from these men that need you to teach him how to deal with your emotions, their emotions? Like, you, you deserve better, girl. He's purposely putting himself in a situation that is going to erupt. Before his girlfriend has to take a test. The last time. That that guy is going to grade. Yeah. So, I mean, 
obviously Eddie thanking Hudson goes exactly as stated. Yeah, and he also <laughs> doesn't respect Joey's boundary when Joey's like, don't do that. Yeah, particularly not right now. Eddie gives a bad thank you. Hudson's He's like, about I just it. wanted to come say thank you, man. And Hudson's like, thank you, man, or whatever. Yeah. That's it. And Eddie's like, well, I take it back. And you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't fuck with Hudson, but I also, I'm on his side right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, Eddie's like, Eddie gets mad and like Joey has to break this up. Which yeah. I like, she was like, this is what I don't want to happen, sirs. Yeah. She's like, can you stop that? And and then says to Hudson, he just wanted to say thank you. And Hudson's like, okay. And then Joey's like, see, he said okay, which essentially means you're, you're welcome. welcome. Take it and run. Can you please. get the fuck out of here? And Eddie's like, like he gets angry eyes. Like the thing is, he's hotter than James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Like I just feel like objectively we can all agree on that, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so like the angry eyes aren't like dark, intense eyes, and he still has like a little bit of like brooding to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But smolder. it's like the yeah. equivalent. Yeah. Like what are you mad at? Totally. Like I, what are you mad at? Yeah, life. Life is he's poor rough for white men, straight oh white men. Oh my god, you know. So anyway, Dawson then calls for Pacey at work. Yeah. And this is what we've been talking about forever. Can we yeah. just get a phone call scene? Yeah. Okay, you can't get them in the same room. They're scheduling things. Get yeah, a Van phone Der Beek call. And, and Jackson hate each other. Like get put them on the fucking call. phone. It's Come fine. on. Like this is great. Yeah. And like Dawson wants to take his money out because he's nervous. And they have this whole conversation about it. And they like... Casey's like, you can trust me. Well, okay. Yeah. I Have have I ever done anything untrustworthy? And he's like, uh, don't answer that. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, God. Yeah, because it's all... They're not creating nuance about this situation. Right. It's like this whole situation is going to be Pacey's fault. Even though like we all remember that Pacey was like, I don't want to invest your money. I right. don't want to do this. I'm trying to set up boundaries. And Dawson's like, come on, man. Do I it. I believe in you. Right. Like, you know, in this like real manipulative way. And like, on the other hand, like, I do think that you should respect your client's boundaries and say like, okay. Okay, you want to take out your money? I'll take, take out that your... money out. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I do think in that way, Pacey is wrong however he's fucking 20 years old so anyone who trusts their money with a 20 year old wrong i'm sorry that's on you man yeah. that that will always and forever be on you totally and pacey's like kind of selling dawson on the fact that he should keep his money in yeah and, and like, like you're gonna double your money and like again like if it sounds too good to be true yeah, like if we learned anything like, from Bernie Madoff, it's that. It's so <laughs> yeah. wild. It's like, I'm going to double your money in three weeks. Yeah. And you're like, that's just not how this shit works. It's not. It's not. So, and Dawson's like, I just got to buy film. And like, you know, <laughs> He's shooting his movie on film. On film. <laughs> anyway, and a good stockbroker wouldn't put this all, all his money in one thing, yeah. you know. So, whatever. Um, I and don't Dawson's understand. Like, I really don't understand why they did this storyline three episodes from the end. Just exactly because they're not trying. Like, why not make a resolution of all of these friendships, including the Pacey and Dawson one? Right. They're just doing something to like further implode their friendship, but they're not even friends right now. Right. So it's like I don't understand, and they're also doing it in this way where like it's also Pacey's quote unquote fault. Of course. You know, Pacey must be punished. It's so ridiculous. So, and Pacey and like, tells Dawson, like, if you keep your money in with me, it's going to be the difference between making El Mariachi and Clerks. Yeah. And so I did look it up. El Mariachi, which is Robert Rodriguez's yeah. first film, had a budget of seven thousand dollars, and Clerks, which is Kevin Smith's first film, mm-hmm. had a budget of about twenty-seven thousand dollars. 
7,000 for El, Mar- El Mariachi? 7,000 for El Mariachi. Oh, okay. 27,000 for Clerks. Okay. So. But are those shot on film? Yeah. Both of them? I mean, they had to be. It was like 90, mm. early 90s. Um, That's crazy. But then Dawson's like, okay, at least you're speaking my language. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's like, I got, I've been applying for credit cards. I got two in the mail. So I'll just use that. It's, like, so obvious where this is going, and it's so fucking stupid. And, and it's, I, like, still supposed to be Pacey's fault, not, like, I don't know. I just don't think anyone's to blame here, because if you're making a risk, you made that risk. Yeah. You know? And, like, I was raised, like, having understanding of the stock market. I know not everyone was, so, like, I know that this doesn't, like, even at the time, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. You don't double right. your money like this. That's not how right. it works. Right. Like, that's not how stocks work, you yeah. know? Um, like, in that short of a time, you know? I do And know. then, moreover... You're telling me Gail is cool with Dawson just applying for credit cards and getting in credit card debt? It seems like Gail probably doesn't know, but yes, I hear you. She wouldn't get the mail. Yeah, totally. She's like one of the most nosy people. (laughs) She is. That's true. So like this whole thing is just like, I agree with you. They're trying to clearly and so obviously set up a story where Dawson and Pacey are going to have an implosion of their like quote unquote friendship and like heads up writers, you have to build back to their friendship in order for that to even happen. Right. So, okay. And then like just to, and then also again, they're trying to make it be Pacey's fault. Yeah, totally. It's like Pacey has to be punished yet again for something that happened in season three. Yeah. You know, like and I just, for maybe for having sex, maybe. like is he getting punished for having sex? I mean, possibly. Yeah. He's the only one that seems to be having sex that is enjoying it. Yeah. So. Anyway, so Hetson's test apparently was bonkers. Like we go to Joey and she's like Eddie explaining talking about it. that like who puts on a test like what day is like mentioned? Does gravity's rainbow start on? Yeah, and I was like, so this guy who is at an elite college is writing a test that is just about simple memorization, not about an analysis, right? You're paying all that money. Uh, yeah, how much money are you paying a year for that to just like memorize for shit? Some, yeah, and that's. Stupid. That is so dumb. And anyway. Eddie's like, well, did you know the answers? And Joey's like, yep, yeah. I aced the test. And she's super excited. Yeah. And like, fine, fine good for right. her, whatever. And, and she's like, come on, we're going to celebrate? Like, don't you have a surprise for me? You said you had a surprise for me. And he hands her this backpack. <laughs> and she's like, huh. You're giving okay. me your backpack. Yeah. And he's like, it's a new backpack I bought for you. No, it's your backpack, but you better look in. There's something in there. And he pulls out, she pulls out this book that's Europe on $5 a day. And Joey's like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, like last, at the beginning of this year, you told me like you could have gone to Paris. And he's like, let's go. And he's like, so fucking excited. Yeah. And like, it's you sweet. know, in this moment, you know, just to in a draw vacuum. a line around this moment, yeah. it is really sweet. It shows sure. that he listened to her. Yep. And he knows how that moment of like not going to Paris felt to her yep. and how it's like a, one of her great regrets. Yep. And he's also trying to rectify that situation. So totally. I agree that like this is supposed to be a sweet moment and it is. Right. You know, on the other hand, it's like, can you can Joey really imagine spending like three months with this guy nonstop? Like, he, he I'm almost, sad I have to go to spend five minutes with him. He almost punched her professor. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so he's like, we're just going to go everywhere. Like, let's do this. Just say yes. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, I want our summer to be like historic. So we're going to go where the history is. And she's like, oh, my God, I just can't with this <laughs> fucking narrative. We're like, you know, the only history that happens in the world happened in Europe. And listen, they're standing in Boston. 
Well, I mean, I'm sorry, but like there were people in the U.S. for millennia. Don't I know it? So like they're like, I'm not trying to. Yeah. Like, why don't you go to Machu Picchu? You want to go see some history? Go to fucking Santa long. Fe, yeah. Taos. Yeah, like yeah. people have been living there for thousands of years. Yeah, totally. Like <laughs> go where the history is. Fuck off. <laughs> Go where white people have history. Yeah, go where a history is, sure. sure. But like the history, get bent, Eddie. So she's like, yes. And I was like, not to be an old about this, but how are they paying for this? I couldn't get, I really couldn't wrap. That's not like what I said. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm stressed. They're supposed (laughs) to leave shortly. Also, I don't understand Eddie's financial situation. I thought he couldn't pay rent, but this is how he got money for this. Right, right, right. Like what? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's happening. No, nor do I. And like, I know they're in Boston, so it's probably cheaper to fly to Europe from, than, than from, from LA. California, yeah. But, or yeah, from California. But like, also, like, they're going to leave the next day. Or like a few days from now. Yeah. Yeah, in a few days. So like, I, I don't, like, yeah, okay. I thought it was going to be plane tickets that she pulled out of the backpack. To be quite honest, I, I know. It's been so long since I've seen this episode. $5 a day. So you're like, okay, so we're saying 150 200 a month. Okay, but like then you need the six hundred to a thousand dollars to get there and the totally. train. Like I, the five dollars a day is like the hitchhiking way. Yeah, yeah. So they kiss. They're excited. I'm like, okay, good for y'all. Like, All be right. excited. So we go over to David walking up to Hell's Kitchen and he looks through the window and he just flat out sees Jack sitting at a table with beers and another dude. Yeah. And I'm just like, Jack, my dude, (laughs) what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm sorry. Like, no, I know. No, I know. I know. Cause, and it's like, it's so funny. Cause like David comes in and like, they, they, they immediately address it where Mm -hmm. David's like, I saw that. And Jack's like, oh yeah, this guy from my sociology class, like I just ran into him and he was saying hi. And then he, Jack looks at Dave and he's like, come on, you yeah. can't think anything of that. And I'm like, that's literally what you're fighting about is <laughs> yeah. a trust situation. Yeah, exactly. So of course he does, because there's a sensitive thing that you have yet to apologize for. Right. And like, my thing is like, I give it to Jack that he's not hiding. He says it right off the bat. Like, he's like, oh, I ran into a guy from my sociology class. I agree. But also he's not, it's the same as Dawson, where it's like not acknowledging that Jack, that David could have a feeling about that. No, totally. I agree. And he, because Jack's immediately mad that like David's not going to give him a chance. Mm -hmm. And like, I just don't, I guess my problem is that I don't see how this has gone wrong in so many ways. I know. Like what Jack did last week was really shitty and he was a jerk. And now David is kind of acting like a jealous boyfriend stereotype. Like, and that's what the show wants us to think that he's doing. Right. So that, but they want, us to think that so that Jack has a leg to stand on right by not apologizing right I just like I I it's the same way I felt about Dawson where it's like you're you were okay it's fine that you had a girlfriend it's fine that like you know there was this weird timing thing and like whatever like I I I I have space for that but the fact that you're like you don't understand why someone's mad about that is why there's a fundamental difference in your relationship because you're gonna have to understand what pushes people's buttons if you want to be in a relationship with someone and you need to be able to talk about what people's boundaries are. And if you cross them, even unwittingly, you have to say, I'm sorry that happened. This is what I was thinking. And like, if we can't reconcile these two, then we obviously need to break up. But like, I also want to give space for you to have a boundary. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's just lazy writing. Oh, I mean, that's what well, we're looking at. The laziest part is we literally know nothing about David and Jack's relationship. Right. Because you could have had been, you could have had David be mad that Jack didn't apologize. And or it didn't could have seem- been an ongoing thing where David was like irrationally jealous, like the whole time of their relationship. And it was like a thing where Jack's like, well, no matter what I do, you're going to be mad, which is like also boring, but at least very 20 years old. Understand it. Yeah. And like David then, because like David's like, oh, you know, you led me on when we first met because you were dressed as a vampire. Empire, and I have a thing. I couldn't for even Lestat. follow this logic. I mean, I could. <laughs> he was like, and you have a thing for Lestat, but like, also, I mean, again, back to my point from last week, like, it is so clear that there is no one gay on this mm-hmm. um, writing staff at this point because, like, like gay vampires. I mean, like, I'm hey, vampires are gay. Period. Mm-hmm. The end. That is the truth of it. But, like, Jack's, like, don't joke about this. But, like, it kind of didn't feel like a joke. Like, mm. it was weird. And he's, like, you know, David's, like, I'm not joking. I'm breaking up with you. And I was, like, does is this how straight people think that gay people break up? They talk about vampires and then they're, like, I'm breaking up with you? What I am mean, I watching? Like, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But, like, I don't feel that way. And I also, like, don't want to make a generalization that there's no gay people in this writer's room. Because, like we'd have to check that. And there was so many, you know, there was um, two. Yeah. You know, uh, but at, on the other hand, I'm just like, I guess what the problem to me is that this gay relationship never got screen time. And I just think that like, I don't want right. to make a monolith of how gay people break up or straight people either. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is that like, it feels very clear that like, there's this weird, like, Oh, you were dressed as a vampire and I have a thing for Lestat. Mm-hmm. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. <laughs> like what the, fuck yeah i mean i would prefer this more succinct breakup than what we got with dawson and joey sure. where it was like you child how could you <laughs> feel this way blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. and i just wish the whole time joey was like get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. so in this regard like i'm on i'm with david where it's like well this is what happened and i'm fucking done with you and he like gets up and to leave yeah. and jack's like wait 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 no like i'm not gonna let you end it like this yeah and david's like do you even like me yeah And he's like, I'm not important to you. And like, all I see when I look at you is someone who is like going through the motions of being in this relationship because you think it's the right thing. And like, that's not, I'm like, not here for that. Yeah. And I'm really here for this sentiment, particularly if we had seen any of it. Yeah. No, that's the hard part because I just don't understand this relationship. And from their breakup, we're supposed to see, we're supposed to think that David wants a long-term committed relationship in monogamy. And Jack has been like on the fence about the monogamy part. And like, that's the part that like, I feel like they're trying to discuss. And that's the part in where I'm like, are gay people involved in this conversation? Because like, that's the part that I don't really feel feels accurate. Well, it's like, I feel like, you know, when they first met, like Jack was kind of like, dealing with that professor situation Uh and like, you know, he's late to meet David at one point and whatever. And then like that in spider webs, like they both end up having to take like women home with them. And there's kind of a mention of that. And then in clean and sober, like David makes a comment that like Jack keeps kissing women (laughs) that night. And like, so I'm like, okay, was that you building to this? Like Jack's not really in it, but like you haven't done that. You've, like, mentioned a few things, but not actually built this narrative out. Well, and also they talk about Jack being a slut over the summer, but then we never had a conversation with him and Jen about, like, how Jack felt about that. Was he, like, grappling with the fact of, like, 
ooh, but I do want a boyfriend and like, I don't want to be a slut or like, you know what I mean? Like, so we don't even know what really Jack wants. And we also like, to me, the issue is more the like idea of monogamy in this situation. And that would be a good way to understand nuances in conversation and what your boundaries are in situations. And I feel like these are conversations like, like, you know, in the gay and queer community are more likely to happen where it's like, right. we're in a committed relationship, but we're, what do they say? Monogamish or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which Dan Savage. That's yeah. Dan Savageism. Which is like, you know, I feel like an accurate portrayal where, and sure. like, and I feel like they're both in the right, but they're not having that conversation. And I just don't know if we're not having those words and tools to discuss it. Right. Yet. Right. If like, we want to tell this story, but like we can't cause we're on the WB or we want to tell this story, but what we we couldn't tell was an actual relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And so now we're trying to tell it at the end when you're like, wait. I, it just is like it's whiplash because I don't even know anything about David. Right. It's bananas. Like what's going on in front of us is absolutely bananas. And yeah. David's like, I'm going to leave. And then Jack's like, he tells Jack to have a great summer and keep in touch. And I was like, what is happening? I mean, it's the same way I feel about every relationship in season six. I'm like, why are you two together? I felt it felt like being on the bad kind of drugs where I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like I I don't understand what why you are together. Why is Jen with CJ? Why is Joey with Eddie? Like I don't understand I don't even know why Pacey's with Sadia. Like I don't understand what's happening. Right. And like like what what am I watching and why are we only have two episodes left left, and I'm still like I don't understand what's happening what's happening you know and I just fundamentally think David's in the right here and it is the biggest tragedy to me is that we didn't get an explanation an exploration of this relationship I agree with you because this is David leaves and this is the end of David goodbye to David wish we had known you better because then I would feel maybe a little bit sad about this relationship ending but I feel like okay and I like even in this episode when he pops up on screen, I like have to struggle to even remember his name. Yeah, what's this guy? Who's this guy again? Right. Like I'm like I know who he is, but what's his name? Mm-hmm. You know, because we know nothing about their relationship, mm-hmm. um, and that's just so disappointing because he literally is from the very beginning of the series season. Yeah. So it's like what? Yeah, I know. So we go to Joey's dorm room where her and Eddie are planning their trip. They're like super manic. Should we go to Budapest or Vienna? Which one should we do first? Yeah, Prague. Like, we got to go to Prague. We can't uh, skip Prague because Kaftitka and Milan Kundera are there. And Eddie's like, all right, one literary grave per country. Just like, what? So what? you're already controlling what she gets to do on her <laughs> dream trip to Europe? Right. Like, fuck off. Right. And, and she- also, like, it's so annoying because, like, they try to be like, he's so literary. But then, oh, Joey's the idiot literary person who wants to go to a grave and it's just like oh my god like this man wouldn't fucking drag you to fucking Oscar Wilde's grave and make you sit there and like recite some shit it's so I'm annoying so sorry I just like I, I don't refuse to believe like, that try to at least try to make us yeah. like him Joey's got to be at Jim Morrison's grave for like at least 20 minutes on this and she's pissed yes and I agree or like she's gonna have to go to like hella record stores or bookstores right. or like you know whatever and like it's fine that you do that shit on vacation but it's like that's when you travel with someone it's all a balance absolutely so she's like listen there's something i haven't told you and he's like i know you snore and i'm like okay god bless the show for getting that running gag because like multiple men have told joey she Mm -hmm. snores and i do love that Mm -hmm. but she's like i also love visual art 
So I want to go to all the museums too. I'm sorry. He doesn't know that. There's actually a lot of art museums in Boston. Absolutely. A real famous one that's missing some famous paintings. And if she goes to the like, if she actually goes to Harvard or whatever, they have a lot of museums there that actually have phenomenal art. They have like a Gutenberg Bible there. Yeah, yeah. So Eddie is just now finding this out about her. Right, right. And she's like, he goes like, yeah, the Sistine Chapel and the Statue of David. And she's like, no, like even deeper. The Van Gogh Museum. I know. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) and the... Picasso. The Picasso Museum in Paris. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand how $5 a day is going to happen if you want to go to these art museums. Yeah, those are expensive. He's like, oh, you want to see everything, everything. And she's like, at this point, she's kind of like, okay, wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's back this train up just a scotch. Yeah. You know, she's like, look, Eddie, running away together is not as easy as it seems on TV. And I was like. I love this. I know. This yeah. meta shit is yeah, what yeah. I live for. She's like, believe me, I've done it before. And I was like, oh, good. We yeah. referred to something else that happened on this show. And she's like, you know, when we come back, we're going to be like fucking broke. Yeah. And she's like, does that not scare you? And he says that what terrifies him is wasting their summer or like not seeing her face the first time she sees the Eiffel Tower, the London Bridge, which is not the bridge he thinks it is. He's thinking of Tower Bridge uh-huh. or the Piazza di San Marco in Venice. And he's like, we don't have any money now. So, like, we're going to get through it. We're going to start from scratch. And I was like, okay. You don't have any money now? How are you getting to your... I, I don't understand what's happening. Are you... Like, like throw in something about, like... I got my financial aid award. Or, like, I, you know, oh, I have this, like, line I'm on something s- we can do for money while we're there. Or, or I'm going to sell this thing. My car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, yeah, it's weird. And, and I don't know, whatever. And he's like, I'm not worried, you know? And it just she's like. She's like, you know, you're going to be in California. I'm going to be here. We're going to be dead broke. And he's like, but we're going to have a lifetime of memories, you know? And like that part, I'm on Eddie's side. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's why you do it. And whatever. And she's like, okay, well, what if we just like work for a month and then go? And right. he's like, we have our whole life to work. And she's like, and we also have our whole life to go to Europe. So like. That argument is moot. Right. And she's, she gives him also the same speech she gave Pacey, which is that running away doesn't solve anything. Yeah. She's like, you know, what, if you run, like, it's all there when you get back. And yeah. he just, like, starts getting mad that, like, they should just ignore the opportunities that come their way. And I was like, I mean. He literally snaps and is like, oh, so you don't want to do this. And it's like, right. well, that's not what she's saying. She's saying, can we just take a beat and run a budget? Right. <laughs> right. She's like, we don't have to go tomorrow. Yeah. Like, and he's like, yes, we do. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude, calm down. And he's like, you just don't even want to do this, huh? And she's like, I do. And, and he's like, well, you only want to do it on your terms. And it's like, well, what is happening? <laughs> I know, I know. When people say that to you, it's the most annoying thing ever. Because you're like, what other terms? Duh. <laughs> yeah, those are the terms I'd and like to do. Alter- and uh, moreover, you only want to do this on your terms. So like. So what happens now is we compromise on yeah. the terms. Like people, dudes have said that to me before. You only do things on your terms. And you're like, yes, of course. Same right. for you. <laughs> right. And then she says something I really hate, which is that she's like, I'm throwing off my life course for this. And I was like, girl, calm down. I know. She's like, that's summer working. (laughs) Yeah. 
he's like, I'm, I'm talking about a summer. Like, just take this jump with me and come away. And she, like, absolutely flames him, which I was here uh-huh. for. She's like, oh, like, Saul Bellow are on the road. And she's like, those aren't real. And yeah. I was like, God, yes, Joey. Like, I give know. me this, Joey. I know, I know. You know? Because she's like, we like, you're not meant to base your life on those texts. Like, we have to deal with the actual world. Right. And Eddie, like, gives her this, like, you're just waiting for the world to come to you. Like, you know, <laughs> he's like, you know, the point of those stories is that their real lives only start when they step into the world. And I'm like, I don't think I agree with that interpretation of these books. Like, I get that you have to leave your comfort zone, but, like, she has a point. We don't have any money. Well, also, I don't know what he means by step into the world. Like, he stepped into the world of Boston and got a job. So isn't that when his life began? Like, you right. know, so it's like he's always setting up this situation where he gets to claim his life begins when it's like, you're fucking 25. Like, your life has already simultaneously begun and is about to begin. And, like, you get to define. That's true at every age. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. Like, I don't, like, I I guess I just don't get Eddie. Well, and I also just don't love the framing. And I know that, like, this was a lot of people frame things like this, but this framing of, like, I really can't wait for my life to take off. Like, bitch, your life is happening. Mm -hmm. Just live it. Mm -hmm. You know? And, like, I get that sentiment because, like, who hasn't felt that? Like, feeling stuck, feeling like, oh, just if we can get to this point. Yeah. Like, if I can achieve this thing, then really we're going to be great. But the thing is, you, and I mean, I guess he's young, so he doesn't know this as well as say we do but like at a certain point you're like no you just got to live your life and like things happen and don't happen yeah because you get to that point and then you're like ooh, but now i want this yes you know and that's just whatever it's so whatever and like yes he's super young but on the other hand he's just being such a dick dick. because then he says i mean and now he's really gonna sink into being a dick because he's like you know when you meet it head on maybe you change the world or don't but the world changes you and like that's what people mean when they talk about growing up and i was like so let's put a i want to pause here Mm -hmm. that's what people mean when they talk about growing up we started this season with a man having sex with joey when she she didn't know that he had a girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, it was consensual sex. Yeah, yeah. But like they had sex and she didn't know he had a girlfriend. Yeah, and then she... when she found out and was mad about that, he called her a child. Yeah. And now I am ending this season mm-hmm. with Joey sleeping with a man who is telling her she's acting like a child because she doesn't want to go to Europe with no money. I know. <laughs> she doesn't want to live the life he wants to live. And like we're ending the season... I mean, my my thing is like, so where's the, what's the trajectory here? I don't know. And, and like, they're trying to tell, like, lean into, like, they always do. We're like, well, Joey's poor, so of course she has insecurities about money. But so's Eddie, right? Right. She's poor too, which implies that he is poor. And so, like, I would love the explanation of, like, how growing up in poverty tends to either make you very spindrift or, you know. Irresponsible. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, or very strict with your yeah, money. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, like, I would love that dynamic, but we're not really getting that here. What we're getting is Eddie being like, do it my way, you child. Yeah. And if you don't, you're a child because I'm trying to grow up and you're trying to stay the same. And like, and then moreover, like you said, we're getting Joey recreating these scenarios. Yeah. 
And, but we're not digging into why. Yeah, or and in then the, there any is of these mentions of her father who's right. in prison, but not how she feels about that, right. how that affected her, like right. what that even means or looks like to right. her. Um, and so it just, and like, you know, whenever we saw her dad with her, he was really supportive and thoughtful right. of her. So we're not, you know, like, in terms of the love line rhetoric, like we didn't see him always yelling at her and calling her a child. Right. And so she's finding comfort in other men doing that. So they like leaning on that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. And like, my thing is like, if you had told me a story about Joey having a hard time growing up and branching out, mm-hmm. like I would have been there for this. Yeah. But like, that's not what this season's stories have been. I, I mean, I, it's like hard to say. I mean, at least last season she like left Cape side and she branched out in terms of like she being was in fine college being and friends yeah. with a woman. Yeah. Which yeah. is like a real branch out for her, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this season, like, I don't think we saw the continuation of that growth. Right. But at the same time, I don't know if we saw like a regression. But it wasn't acknowledged either. Nothing was acknowledged of like, let's And there talk wasn't about a things. regression, you know? Right, totally. So like, I just don't understand. Like, I I do f- feel like she is moving forward with her life. I Yeah, I agree. I mean, but if like, you had told me the story, like, you seem to be telling me the story. Like, we seem to be at the same place yeah. that we started. So, And I'm still confused about how she feels about the demise of her relationship with Dawson. Oh, girl. Like, which, like, is to me the biggest point in which what the to this day I still want closure on. Yeah. So I don't really care about this other guy recreating that same scenario because like, I don't know what we're supposed to take away from that because I don't know how Joey feels about Dawson calling her a child. Right. Right. So, so she responds in the same way that she did to Pacey, which is like, a real mood. She's like, are you done? Well, yeah, because he's like, you're you're not some scared little girl, which, woof, I yeah. hate that, who isn't willing to take chances because you're afraid of risk and pain. Like, that doesn't define you. And then he's like, or maybe it does. Like, maybe you've blinded me. And then she's like, are you done? Like, because it's mean. Like, does he even like her? Like, this is the thing. I, I agreed with that question. Like, he is mean. He is being mean. He's not, like, frustrated and, like, I don't understand what's going on here. He's like, I am going to be vicious towards you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just like, and then you have to show me, like, so for the second time on this series, a man is absolutely vicious towards Joey. Yeah. And then she's like, are you done? <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, don't put too fine a point on the parallel of who this is. This I Eddie know. guy is, you know? And I was like, God, this show just hated Joey, which is wild because it thinks that she's the main character. I but know. like, all I see from this whole thing is like, this show fucking hated this I character. totally agree. I and mean. They, and they see every growth moment she has as still her like, you know, little girl lost little girl that doesn't want to grow up. Da, 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 yeah. And you're just like, I don't really, like, I just think it's such a big victory. Right. She's little even, Joey Potter. She's, she's never going to get out from in under that college right now. That's yeah. a big victory. And why yeah. are they trying to dismiss that? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it's so dark. And I just like, I fucking hate Eddie. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so he comes back. She's unhappy with, whether like uneasy with him coming back and he's like she's like I don't know if I'll trust you and he's like you have to trust me because I love you more than anything but this is the way that he manifests his love towards someone that he loves more than anything like woof I mean like you know just I'm just different because like I said I'm like when people say that to me I'm like I don't give a fuck a lot of people love me you still have to treat me right well yeah 
And not to bring her up again, but in Bell Hooks's lexicon, that's not love. Anyway, yeah, it's fucked. So So she's she's like, like, you can leave. You can find somewhere else to sleep tonight. I'm like, forever. Please, forever. I know. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and this is the end of Eddie. This is the last we see of Eddie. Goodbye to Eddie. Fucking good riddance. Get the fuck out of here. What a mess. Yeah. Anyway, so then Pacey walks into his office and it's a morgue. Vibe is not good. Yeah. And Pacey's like, what's happening? And Rich is like, oh, the FDA rejected the drug. And Pacey's like, what? Fuck, you told me they it was going to be fine. And Rich is like, take some, some, lose some. He's like, you know, you just live to try another day. And like, it's stockbroker 101 that biotech is risky. And it's like... I don't know, understand the mentorship of Rich, but I also don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Like, what? totally. Um, and he's like, you're going to get yelled at all day by your clients, but just remember your clients got them in- themselves into this mess, not you, Pacey. And it's like, yeah, that is true because these fucking idiots trusted a 20-year-old yeah, with, with their, their money. money. So, like, I'm sorry. Like, that is your fucking fault. Yeah, totally. Then we go to Hetson's office where Joey's waiting for him. And she's like, I'm declaring English as my major. And he's like being real weird and is like, she's like, what's, oh, remember the first time you came here? It was your birthday, wasn't it? And she's like, oh shit, the day before. So it's weird because I don't know what we're supposed to draw from this. And like, because this is a moment where she kind of has a realization about whether or not she's going to go to Europe with Eddie. Right. And so she's recalling that fight she had with, with Dawson, Dawson, which yeah. was fucked up and relationship ending, like a you know, yeah. like 20 year long, 15 Friend- year long shit. relationship. Yeah. And the conclusion, when she draws upon that memory, her conclusion is to be cool with Eddie. Great question. No idea. Because she goes off on, he's like, how was your birthday? And yeah. she's like, what are you fucking are you asking me? about this, you know? And he, she's just like, you know what? I don't need to hear some lecture fuck. from you. I'm sorry I didn't live up to my potential. Can we get out of here? And and then Hudson like hands her her blue book and is like, you do have potential, kid. Thumbs up, you know? Because she got an A minus. And she gets an A minus. And you're just like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. He doesn't, like, he grades like an asshole. So that grade literally means nothing. Well, because, and to and prove the point. Yes. And then he says, you know, I thought about, he's like, oh, so now you have an A minus. So you're going to get a C for the year, which yeah. makes you average, which is. I, C plus above average. It's so annoying. It just yeah. doesn't matter. She only has that grade because of. It, that isn't even a reflection of her actual academic prowess. Agreed. So, like, fuck off. Grades are stupid anyways. We went to a college with no grades. <laughs> and he's like, and I, you know what? I almost gave you an A, but I found your essay on Catch-22 bleak. And so you're just like, see, this is, again, why grades are fucking stupid. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, it's a story of hope. A man terrified to his core that takes a leap of faith. And then he makes her read from he Catch-22. He hands her the book. Yeah. And he's like, open that page. It's highlighted. Yeah. And she, oh, so he was prepared to give her this lecture. Right. Because, and the pertinent part is when she reads that Yosarian says he's not running away from his, his responsibilities. He's running towards them. He's running to save his life. And Joey's like... I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Like, she's gonna run and save her life. And she's like... And she's not uh, running from her responsibilities? Like, I just, like... Like, it's fucking bullshit. And, like, one of my biggest problems about this is, like I said before, is that these two men are like, don't you get so much takeaway from these men characters? (laughs) And, like, why would Joey connect with this? Yeah, yeah. 
Totally. And I, and my thing too is like, not only, not only the like male characters and the fact that like we are hard pressed to find a book written by a woman in the woman in this class, but also like that this, she like turns to him and is like, look, I would never take a class from you again. Cause you're a fucking monster, but I think you should be my advisor. I remember this happening. I remember you were so mad. And was so mad. <laughs> really what angry. are we supposed to take about this? Yeah, I don't know. Like I like Joey, 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 Joey. She's so amazing that she puts up with absolute abuse from men because that's what makes her a good person. Yeah. It makes her stronger. Mm. Like that's just like it just is my biggest problem with Joey and the way she's written is that like she is a, such the second wave where they're like you know, the second wave ideal is that, oh, well, men will give us a seat at the table and then we'll get to work twice as hard and have to still come home and fucking do their dishes and fold yeah. their laundry. Like, that's what your mom did and my mom did. I and I always looked at that like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Yeah. That is not equality. No. That doesn't make any sense. And you're still upholding the patriarchy. That so is... it doesn't fucking make any sense. Yep. And that's like the kind of feminism that we were raised on then. And I was like, that doesn't make any, that is not feminine. That's not equality. I mean, also, these men are fucking garbage. Yeah. Like most men are (laughs) like, like you're showing me these men who like literally can't even have a conversation with each other without like almost resorting to violence. I know. And you're telling me that these are two men that like I as a woman should be like respect their opinion, not just respect their opinion, but like be mentored by have sex with like be in a relationship with be like, like, what the fuck? And because you're closer to them, then you're a better person, which is the conclusion they're drawing about Joey. It's like, right. I want to be mentored by this man. Well, and this is like that white feminism shit, right? Like, the, I mean, this is the thing about the 53% of women that voted for Trump. This uh-huh. is this is that kind of shit where it's like, it's like your proximity to patriarchy and you like being able to like escape in some ways, like racism and mm-hmm. stuff like that but like and being close to like these seats of power like that doesn't actually give you power no. look at what the fucking shit she has to put up with i know look at these two these two guys are terrible yeah they so are, is like dawson at the beginning of the season like i mean so is dawson through this whole series yeah except for a few episodes of season five but like he absolutely and it's like and, she, you know, her getting close to this at the sacrifice of her relationship with Jen, mm-hmm. of her relationship in some ways with Audrey. Or of whatever relation- female professor she had that we never saw. That we never saw. Like, all of that stuff. Like, we have to watch her get close to these, like, seats of power. But she never actually gets to be... In charge of her own life. And in the steering wheel for them. And when she tries to be in charge of her own life, when she tries to tell Eddie, hey, you know, like, maybe... Just maybe we shouldn't go to Europe right now. Like we should save a little bit of money so we're not fucking starving. Or maybe I want to go to a gravesite. Like even yeah. that simple request. Right, exactly. And like maybe like we're gonna do this stuff and like, you know, even then she gets just like brutally rebuffed by yeah, him. She's and like, get called it gets called a fucking child. Yeah, she's like, um, I feel unsafe when I don't have money. Yeah. And so I don't want to put myself in that situation where I feel unsafe. And he's like, you idiot. Right. You absolute child. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. I I would love it if when we have sex for the first time, person that I care about deeply and love, have loved mm-hmm. for a long time, that you weren't 
tied romantically to another person. You fucking child. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I would prefer to enter a relationship with you not being the other woman. Yeah. Like, and I'm, and now I'm the asshole. I'm, I'm a child. I'm somehow the asshole for that. For laying a boundary of the way in which I want to enter in a relationship with you. Oh my God. The bar is just at the floor. Whatever. So, and like, even this bar is at the floor because we're supposed to look at Joey as the ideal feminist icon. Right. And it's just so fucking haunting. It is. I agree with you. But like, you know, my thing is like, she's like, he's, he is, agrees to be her um, advisor. And then she's like, Although if I never see you again, that's fine too. And I'm like, oh great. What a great relationship to be. What the fuck is happening? I know, I know. And it's just like, I can't, like so a part of me is like, are, were they not sure when they first wrote it that it wasn't the end, you know? They, so by that this they point, were, like, we're getting ads for it. So they're like, but they wrote but yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, know? Really so they're like, oh, well, we got to leave the door open for Hedson and Harley, her best friend to come back. Like what the fuck? Oh, and this is the end of Hedson. Thank God. They, like, she leaves and that's the end of Hetson. I don't give Bye. a fuck about this. And it's just, like, I'm still so mad that she's, like, mentor me. I hate it. I <laughs> truly hate it. What is the point? Like, what are we supposed to draw from that decision? Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know how I can answer that. Like, because the whole point of this episode is, like, Joey moving forward with her life and taking a chance. And so she's taking a chance with this man who is absolutely abusive to her. Who has been nothing but awful. Yeah. So we go to Pacey's office, which, and he's outside, like he's outside the building. He's mm -hmm. talking to Sadia. It's like so sad. He doesn't have any friends and Sadia is doing emotional labor for someone she slept with like one time. One time. And he's, they're like at the fountain that like we've definitely seen in ev like yeah. every high school scene. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, right. We're still in uh, Wilmington. So and he's like very upset he's lost Dawson's money. And so it's weird because like- She's kind of like, oh, I thought you were just like a shark like everyone else. Well, but also we're seeing him have feelings. Yeah. About Dawson. Yeah. And about the situation. And like- He calls him his best friend. He's like, <laughs> I screwed over my best friend. And he's like, you know, my other clients knew what they were getting into, but Dawson didn't. And that's his whole life savings. He did know what he was getting into. Yeah. I mean, like, I can see after that conversation that Pacey, I, mean, I think where Pacey I would kind be of concerned him. about that part. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. And um, like, I would feel bad. I mean, you'd feel terrible. Yeah. But like. It's hard because like Pacey set up a boundary of like, I don't want to invest my friend's money. And then Dawson like blew over that boundary, right. which he he's want to do with yes. boundaries. And then, you know, he tried to do something and Pacey kind of blew over him. Yeah. Yeah. Sadia is kind of like, well, this is just like what being a broker is like. And Pacey says, that's not acceptable to me. So like, if you're telling me the story of Pacey breaking bad, so yeah. to speak, this does not feel like Breaking Bad. I to know. Me. <laughs> it's just so weird. Right? He's like, I've got to fix this. And I'm like, okay, like, tell me how he's bad. And Sadia says, like, could I ask you some questions on the record? And he's like, no. Oh. <laughs> no. But he says he will do it later. So that's nice. Yeah. And then she, like, admits that it's not her boyfriend, it's her fiance. And then that's what causes Pacey to break up with her. Yeah, he like she's like, you know, it's long distance and like I was just bored and he's like, all right, well, it was a good run while it lasted the yeah. three nights it lasted or whatever. And she's like, you know, call me if you want to talk. And um, that's a wrap on Sarah Shahi. 
And like, I, I guess we're supposed to think she's a terrible person because she has a, a fiance, fiance, which like, it sounds I like don't care. maybe they have some kind of situation. I don't know. Yeah. And then also that Pacey is a shitty person for doing this, even though like we're supposed to think Dawson had any leg to stand on at the beginning of the episode, you right, know, like, right. so it, it's like a weird incongruent storytelling. And then once he realizes that there are boundaries he's not cool with, he in- immediately ends it. Right. I just, I don't really... That seems responsible. I know. Yeah. Well, bye, Sarah Shahi. Please go to Person of Interest and fall in love with Amy Acker. Thank you so much. Okay, so we go to the helpline. Jen's there. Jen's there. We finally see Jen again. And Jack's sitting moping on a couch at so the helpline. So he is at his ex-boyfriend's workplace. Mm-hmm. This is... I'm sorry, Jack. Wild. You're fucking wild. That <laughs> yeah. is so sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of like, okay, so last night did not go well. I'm Which is sweet it. because we then she knew about it. So we know they talked about it. They're and so like, great with each other in this They have such scene. an authentic friendship. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he asked her, he's like, do you think I was going out with David just to prove I could see? Do- this is what we've been begging for. Like, I'm sorry, but I like, know. I oh, beg please. for this all the yeah, time yeah. where you just want someone to be like, this person said this to me and I need to talk to my friend about it. Yeah. Or like this thing happened in my life and I need to talk to my friend about it. Yeah, that's literally what friendship is. Yes, and also <laughs> why we watch teen shows. Right. I mean, we've watched, we just watched a few episodes from season two and, and three, three on Patreon. Yeah. And like, they're literally all talking to their friends about different situations. In yeah. Weekend in the Country, the best scene and one of the best scenes in the whole series is Jen saying to Dawson, do you think Henry's going to react to my past the way you did, Dawson? Right. It's one of the most phenomenal scenes in the whole show. Absolutely. And like, that's all we want is someone being like, can I talk to my friend for advice? Right. And David's like, or, or, you know, Jen's like, I don't know. Like, do you feel that you needed to prove yourself and that's why you were with David? And then Jack's like, yeah. And he says, Julie Callahan, I'm going to call you out specifically. (laughs) And I am offended by this because he says, no one wants to be that 35 year old living alone and going out to bars trying to find the right person. Bitch, what? (laughs) Get fucked. That is totally valid. It's really sad that our society frames things this way. Also, like, I I mean, my thing, there's a part of me that was like, do you remember how old 35 seemed when you were 20? No, I understand, which is why the Miss Jacobs storyline is so fucking haunting. Yeah. and like, I just think that we have, we put so much pressure on kids yeah. and it's really sad because then w- we see what happens where like, you know, jo- Joey and Jen are in these fucking insanely toxic relationships because they feel like they need to find the quote one when they haven't even found themselves. Yeah. When they're 20 years old and in college and like, you know, they don't making even, huge like mistakes. Jen knows herself, but like not, not that well. I don't know. She knows herself better than like our other characters. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's really sad. But that she's we not do great at, at knowing herself in relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like, she makes a great point. Finally, thank God. She, yeah. That he's like only twenty. He's like, she's like, first of all, you aren't even old enough to go to those bars. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and you know, not everyone meets the love of their life when they're a teenager. And I was like, spoiler, the majority of people don't. <laughs> and I have actual questions about the ones that do. Well, I know. I'm like, is this a dig at Dawson and Joey? Yeah, I hope. So, you know, she's like... She's like, or in their 20s or in their 30s. Right. Like, you know, and she totally is like this really, ex- like, amazing best friend and thoughtful and, you know, just giving the good advice that anyone wants to hear in these moments of sadness. Absolutely. But then Jack says something that makes me want to go, like, I know. Scream, scream into the abyss. What the fuck is happening? He's like, you're going to end up with CJ. And I was like, fucking hope not. Let's I know. wish for better. 
And he's like, you know, David said that you gave CJ hope and like he loved that. And like, but what does CJ give Jen? I mean, I I can't think of anything. <laughs> so he, she's like, except she says he makes her happy. So yeah, she's like, Jack's like, oh, I'm happy you found someone that's not gay. And then Jen's like, well, he is in the seventh grade sense. And it's like, yikes. He's like a little gay. Yeah. And God. then well, I think it's more of like how we would say like, that's so gay. Like, uh, that's, yeah, I know. Yeah, whatever. I know it's what she meant. so <laughs> fucked up. But then Jen admits like, CJ does make me happy. And I'm yeah. just like, why are these people together? Right. I, I agree. Know. Like, she- it's just like we get this really good scene of friendship where like that's all it would have taken for us to understand the CJ of it all. Right. Her or, actually saying something. Telling Jack of like, I don't know, like I I it's I it's hard that he fucked Audrey and like there is sketchiness around the way in which they fuck. However, he kind of makes me happy and like I'm really into him. In I this feel like one I can be myself can, around him. Whatever. At least yeah. we can understand how she frames it. Yeah. Because all we see is him being a fucking asshole to her. I agree. Cause she's and she's like I'd share him if I could and they like smile which is supposed to be a good thing yeah um and they like smile at each other and I just like I really did miss this friendship like I think mm-hmm. that's the thing like as much as I hate some of the content of that conversation no I was so thirsty for like this is the best scene like one of the best scenes in all of season six if we're honest <laughs> right, you know totally. because like this is all I want is like friends talking about their feelings yeah. you know and like talking about their relationships and being like when you break up with someone or someone breaks up with you, you talk to your friend about it. Absolutely. You know, and like, and then having like a thoughtful friend there to help you out. That's all I fucking want. Totally. So we go back to Pacey and he's at his office and he only has Dawson left to call on his list of people to call. And he like packs his stuff up and he asks Rich if he can borrow money because he wants to pay Dawson back. Yeah. And he, like, starts begging. I mean, legit is, like, yeah. begging Rich. And he's like, look, I put my friend's money into Step Attack. And I put all of my own money into Step Attack. So I don't have any money to spare. Yeah. And Rich is a fucking prick about it, which is totally predictable. Yeah. And, you know, PC, he's like, I'm asking for a favor. And Rich is like, I don't do favors. <laughs> And they get and mad. Rich is like, you're so good at your job, but you're also young and stupid. Yeah. And, and then, he's like, I gave you a job and I gave you everything. So why should I help you? Yeah. And then Rich is like, and I'm going to tell you what you should have said to your friend. No. Yeah. Which like is yeah, valid, true. but you don't have to be an asshole. Come on. Right. And, and then Rich just hits Pacey's sore spot. Like, yeah. He starts on. He's like, you're going to amount to nothing. You're a failure and a loser. And Pacey, you know, that's his fucking Achilles heel. Yeah. He punches Rich. And they get into a full on brawl. brawl. And yeah, yeah. He says you're going to amount to nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like so fucked up. Yeah. They get in this brawl and like computers are exploding. Oh, man. I mean, like everything is everywhere. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, and then Rich is like, you're fired, you fucking loser. Yeah. And, and like, this is the end of Rich. I mean, at least this episode is giving us the end of all these people. I know. You know, so Dana Ashworth's last episode, he's great in Twin Peaks. This sucked. Thank you so much. I mean, he's good at this role. Yeah, he's good at being an asshole. Yeah, but it, fuck, dude. But I'd rather so watch dumb. him play an asshole in Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I just feel like for the storytelling of Pacey, like, I just don't know why they did this. And, you know, I whatever, agree. we've already said it. Like, I feel like it was compelling to watch him on this like journey of like, is he losing himself in his job and is he being the person he wants to be? And like kind of the like 
graying of morality within. That's a compelling narrative for the, the person that didn't go to college, right? Yeah. Like, I have to navigate, like, the people who are going to college are going to have to navigate that later. But, like, yeah. you know, that he has right now has to navigate this, like, okay, who do I want to be and how do I, how do I function in this world? On top of the fact world? that he didn't go to college, so he has that, like, complex about it of, like, you know. And also he's just got to make money. Yeah. Like, you know. So it's a really compelling, interesting story. But then they end it with, like, Pacey, he's a loser and he fucks over Dawson. Right. And you're like, wow, that was not the way I thought this was going to go. Totally. Totally. I agree. And I and I have questions about why it went that way and why you would think to end a series, not just a season, but a series on this. Yeah. So we go to Joey's and Audrey's and Audrey's reading her Europe on $5 a day. And she's like, I don't understand why you'd want to go to Europe on $5 a day. And I was like, same girl. I get wanting to go to Europe, but I don't know why you'd want to do it on $5 a day. (laughs) And like, again, could we just have X that whole heads in good riddance, get the fuck out of here and had this conversation with Audrey and Joey about like how she felt about that fight, how she feels about like, you know, her sophomore year being over, we could say like, oh, she's an English major. We could get that resolution. Yeah. We didn't need the headson of it all. I know. We could have gotten more friend moments with this person who she claims to be her best friend and also offers like, you know. Actual advice. Yeah. And her advice is always like gray, like hot and cold, but like whatever. At right. least it would have been like something that we would have cared about. Like, I don't give a fuck about headson. I care about Audrey. Yeah, Absolutely. And so Joey's, Joey's just kind of like, like, girl, you, you need to register it. for classes. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up at a junior college. And you're like, fuck off, Joey. She's like, unless you're thinking of enrolling at Santa Monica Junior College. And I was like, yeah, fuck off with that tone. It's Santa Monica City College, A. I'm sure they couldn't use that name. And it's a great college. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, Santa Monica City College is great. You yeah. should totally go there. I think this might be Santa Monica College. Is it co- college now? I thought it was City College. Um, oh, it is. If, you, if any of you listen to KCRW programming, that's all coming from. Yeah, it's um, known to be one of the best community colleges in the state. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, so jo- Audrey's like, okay, I'm going to go. I got to go and sign up for these classes. And Joey's like, can you give me that book back? Because, like, I got to read up for my trip. And Audrey's like, oh, my God, you're going to go. Yeah, and you're kind of like, can we have, couldn't we have gotten a longer scene of that where Joey's like, I, I'm torn and, like, yeah. I don't know what to do if I should go with this guy who calls me a child and he doesn't want to, like, <laughs> go to any of the things I want to do on this right. trip. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but, like, you know, he says he loves me more than anything. Uh-huh. And I should just trust him. Uh-huh. So what do you think I should do about that? Yeah. I would have loved to have gotten Audrey's take on that shit. So she's like all excited. And then she sees that there's a letter on top of the phone for her. And it's from Eddie. And at this point, Aaron, we are supposed to get Buffalo Tom's soda jerk. Which, <laughs> I listen to the real music. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which like, I can't believe I don't remember that this played because to me, that's such a My So-Called Life song. Uh-huh. You know, and like, I didn't remember it being in Dawson's Creek, but whatever. And I had forgotten that this is how this episode ends. Uh. And I screamed. I screamed when this happened. He wrote, he's like, I, he, he, he wrote, wrote a letter, a goodbye I, letter, a real one. Yeah. I, um, I, you I, wrote I, had, it down? I wrote okay, it down. Okay. The letter reads. Don't forget. He's such a good writer that he got into the most prestigious writing program in America. So just, just keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind when you read this writing sample uh-huh, of with his. Buffalo Tom playing yeah. in the background. Yeah. Okay. 
As you know, I'm not good at goodbyes, but I guess that's what this is. A real one this time. Because as much as I thought I wanted us to be together, what I want more is to be one of those people who lives every moment of his life without indecision or regret. Someone who dares to disturb the universe without a thought to the consequences. You're not one of those people. Can you believe (laughs) he did that? yelled. I I yelled. Can you believe that? I was like, this fucking guy. Oh, my God. Oh, I was pissed. And he says, at least not yet. So condescending. That is so condescending. Maybe you'll prove me wrong about that one day. Fuck you. (sighs) I hope you do. Really fuck you. But who knows? Maybe people can't change. Maybe we're doomed to make the same mistakes over and over again, no matter how hard we try. And then, of course, I have to see a shot of Pacey standing outside of Dawson's house at this moment. Apparently making the same mistakes no matter how hard he tries. I mean... This is not even a similar quote-unquote mistake to, quote, stealing Joey. I was like... I'm going to fucking throw my television. Are you kidding me? This is bananas. He says, I always hope for a happy ending. How crazy is that? Take care of yourself. He says, take care in a Dear John letter. Fuck Eddie. Fuck that guy. If that is not the most entitled white guy nonsense. Oh my God. I am such a fucking intellectual. I want to live my life with no regrets. And I have zero regrets about breaking your heart because you're stupid. Three times. (laughs) Like he's just the worst person. Oh my God. That's what I mean. It's like his word. He has no integrity. He's like, I love you like with all of my heart. And it's just like, it's a weird idea to be like, the person I love more than anything, I'm going to leave and I will over not re- and over and again. I will not regret it. I just like I actually don't even think that's true. So he's a fucking liar on so many levels. He lies to himself. He lies to Joey. Oh he's a terrible God. writer. Terrible. And that's the end of the episode and the end of Eddie. So like good goodbye and good riddance to Eddie. Like. I'm sure at this point, he's probably one of those dudes in his early 40s just, like, fucking random girls and being totally awful to them because, like, that's how he seems. Like, I mean, doesn't he just end up becoming David Duchovny in Californication? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely, which is basically what that man does. So I'm not wrong. Yeah. Also, question for you. Uh What do you think the writers were doing? Like, to separate Pacey and Joey for this fucking chode and, like... I'm like, what? What is this? What is this trajectory? I know. I I couldn't agree with you more. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. And annoying. Yeah. And it's it's very unsettling that like we see this episode written by Gina Fattori, which is phenomenal and gives us what we want. Yeah. And then the follow ups to that are just these absolute bullshit where we don't really know what's happening, what characters we're looking at. What's going on? Who has any feelings about what? And we're not even really watching Dawson's Creek. No. It's like we could have just ended the series on Castaways and then been done. Oh, God. Your mouth to God's ears. Can we rewrite that? It's just like, what? And like, I don't. And even the the narrative, like, okay, fine. So, Joe, like, we've maybe established Joey wasn't ready to be in a serious relationship. But then she thought she was with Eddie, which, like, Again, she's 19, 20. So, yeah. like, I can understand that. Yeah, we've all been there. You know? But then the, to make it, this person be such a fucking asshole over and over, like like I said to everyone, when he just leaves, leaves the apartment, no, like, 
no contact, no, no, no. nothing. That person's dead to me. A hundred percent. I don't know what we're supposed to think about Joey's like, you know, um, psyche about her father being in prison and him being gone and her mom leaving. We're supposed to know she has like some kind of abandonment issues from the love line episode, but like what they are, they like waffle back and forth on because like, I would feel, I would like to think that like that would feel so fucked up to her as well. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think not being able to trust him makes sense, but then why go back to him? Well, right. That's the thing, right? Is the trust, like, I think to me, it feels really out of character that like Joey's thing is like. She goes back to Dawson because she does feel safe with him because she has that like history with him. Right. There's like the thing, whatever he did when her mother died. Yeah. Put her in such a position that she cannot. There, the, the other horrible things that he does, she cannot process. Yeah. Basically as bad. Yeah. As bad. And you know, cause it meant so much to her and that's fine. Like I'm not critiquing her thinking that way. Like yeah, whatever, yeah. I get it. I, you know, I have a lot of well, space that's for that. Well, we can wrap our head around the Dawson and Joey of it all. Like you can wrap your head around it. Yeah, absolutely. However, and like, I think the fact that Pacey is like so devoted to her mm-hmm. and like, and I mean that in a way that like, he is always there if she needs yeah. him. Even like, even that, even the dance that we just watched where like, you know, he gets mad and is kind of shitty and then comes back and is basically like, I'm sorry. And like, let's, you know, I'm still here. And like, I told you that even if you say no to me, I'm not like leaving. And here is me proving that. Like he proves that to her over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, of course she trusts him because he proves that to her over and over again. But this guy, I know I have a really hard time believing it's easier for me to believe the Hetson shit as much as I hate it because, like, I think she's had a lot of older men in her life that, like, are shitty. And well, also, like, she wants to participate in academia. Like, right. she wants, she, like, that's where a lot of her um, identity comes from is the, is excelling for these educators. Right. So that is, like, a comfort that feels in this other way. And so I agree with you where you could, like, wrap your head in some ways about it. Yeah. It doesn't make me happy, but I can, I can like, mm-hmm. I can do the math yeah, about yeah. how that might work. But Eddie, it doesn't make sense. What? Because it makes no sense. He has an opinion on catch 22. Well, who fucking doesn't? I mean, also who cares <laughs> what his opinion on catch 22 is? an opinion is. on, on the road. Like you're in college. Like I, I just like, yeah, I don't fucking know. Spit and hit someone who has yeah. an opinion about on the road. Like, I don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. They're like, okay, we're trying to wrap up this season. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring Joey and Pacey together. And we know the fans really want that. Then we're going to implode them for this guy who like is a fucking asshole. And then he's going to break up with her with a letter. I mean. And like the letter is going to be real fucked up. Oh my God. That letter is, f- that letter is heinous. <laughs> it's so condescending. Yeah. It's so shitty. It's like, I I don't know how you how you leave that letter with anything other than like, God, why the fuck have I wasted this whole season talking and thinking about this guy when he's this awful? Mm -hmm. You know, I understand that people in the world are this awful sometimes, but like on a television show, you're going to make me spend all my time watching that on a teen show on a teen show. I mean, and 
it's hard because like all of the men that they introduced this season are awful. Oh my God. But I'm still, it's like David's the best one. I know. Yeah. Which, and Aaron can't even remember his goddamn name. I know. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, that's like... why I didn't even remember that he, <laughs> he exists and he's yeah, not bad. Exactly. I actually don't mind him, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so you would think, I don't know if they're relying on us being like, well, he's better than Hudson or he's better than Rich or he's better than Todd yeah. or he's better than CJ or something like that. Maybe, but like, I'm just like, I don't rank men like that. You're either shitty or you're not. It's a classification, not yeah. a ranking. Yeah. You know? Uh, fuck, dude. I don't know what we're supposed to think. Nor do I. And like, there's only two episodes left and they're like, well, yeah, if you if you thought that Dawson and Pacey were ever going to be friends again and repair their friendship. No, we're about to blow it up. Nah, not going to happen. Yeah. Fuck and that. like, does anyone think Dawson's going to handle this news well? Right. He's fucking rich too. It's really hard. I agree. You know? I agree. Um, like, I mean, of course, like that would be so hard. It would be shitty. It would be terrible. Thousand dollars, and like you, you're totally in the right to be mad about that. But like, you know, Dawson holds a grudge in a way that's unacceptable. Absolutely. So like, that's the thing I have an issue with. Totally. So who you're rooting for? Um, Audrey. Yeah. I really hope she gets through summer school and she like, maybe she needs some time in Boston away from. To like develop new memories and. Make some new friends. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll get a job somewhere and like, you know, have a fun summer um, in the city. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's great things going on in Boston in the summer. Like I'm sure there's like outdoor concerts and stuff like that. I I bet summer is fun. It's like. Every time I travel somewhere, people will be like, yeah, but the summer is fun here. And I'm like, summer is fun everywhere. They're like, no, but here it's really fun. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, summer's really you're right. fun. You're right. <laughs> Just give it to them. <laughs> I do. I'm like, oh, OK, totally. But yeah. like, I never say that to anyone. But I'm always like in my head, like summer's fun everywhere. That's I why know. we love it. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's a good time and it'll give her like distance and space and, you know, totally whatever. Go see some Red Sox. Have a great time. Yeah. Happy for you, girl. Go sing some karaoke. Go sing karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Eat some pasta. Yeah. Come on. Absolutely. Okay. For our listener corner, this is from Jennifer. During the podcast, you noted that Joey and Pacey bring out the best in each other and make each other better. I disagree with this for Pacey. Pacey was already a great character prior to the relationship with Joey. We have season two as evidence. I honestly believe at this point of multiple rewatches that while the Pacey-Joey are popular romantic pairing, they only bring physical chemistry and some nice banter. In season six, the subpar writing really shows the actual weaknesses of the pairing. What are these two even about to each other? As toxic as Dawson and Joey are, I understand their connection better, friendship, not romance, likely because the show has hit us over the head with it and ignored Pacey and Joey for large sections of the entire season. Eraser, erasure much? Pacey and Joey's relationship just doesn't feel that deep to me. I feel like they had to skip season two somehow, which shows Pacey with a full romantic connection with Andy. Wasn't perfect, but we saw Pacey in boyfriend mode and we got a great arc for both characters. Joshua Jackson brings so much to it, but what does Katie Holmes bring? I agree with Aaron that as the show went on, I start to loathe the Joey character, which is mostly on the writing and forcing Joey to be the center and the voice of 
some terrible showrunner producer thoughts. This is shown in through the treatment of Jen, definitely. But also Pacey doesn't need Joey to be a great character. And I think the show really fell down on the job with that from parts of season three. I'll never forgive Joey going into Do- Dawson's window with E.T. through season six. As much as I dislike the stories in season five, I actually it's actually a more cohesive season, while season six is some sort of black hole of suckage with a few slun- sun glints. I feel like... <laughs> well, I guess this, these aren't spoilers, but I feel like some of this, like I, I was thinking about addressing during the finale, but mm-hmm. we can do it now. That's fine. Um but I don't I know that the sentiment is out there that like actually Pacey deserves so much better than Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment. Uh-huh. Like, I agree. They're a great pairing. They have great chemistry. They are fun to watch on screen together. And so it feels like, you know, these moments like in Castaways we've talked about, or even in the first episode of the season where they're talking by the jukebox and she's like, bite me, Pacey, and yeah. bites her in the shoulder. Like that, it's just anytime you put them on a, on a screen together, yeah. they pop out of it. Like they're so fun to watch. Um, and so, but I do agree. I mean, like if you look at the actual storyline of the show, right, they get together and then in season four, Pacey has this kind of slow decline yeah, yeah. Um, while they're together. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's a bad boyfriend to her. In fact, I think he's a great boyfriend. And I think he does possess a lot of those same romantic qualities while he's in a relationship with Joey in season four that he did with Andy in season two. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm here for that. And I mean, obviously, season three, like he is. <laughs> so romantic and oh, like yeah, yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. that is like absolutely sensational <laughs> yeah and yeah. like and like soul wrecking for you actually having to go out in the world and like deal with any actual real man mm-hmm. um so so i'm with you like definitely and i think that like joey i think that obviously the character of joey suffers from the same problem that the character of dawson mm-hmm. suffers from which is that when they th- main character syndrome, <laughs> main character syndrome. And like, as soon as she kind of takes over as the lead, like they just don't let her be interesting. Yeah. They don't know what to do with her. Yeah. They don't know what to do with her. And so I think like, I don't know the, the Joey from season one, do I want that Joey to have everything? And if Pacey is the everything that she mm-hmm. wants, I want her to have that. Like, yeah, absolutely. The Joey from season six. Meh. I don't know that I feel the same way about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's hard because of the way she treats women. Like you understand it more when she's younger. Yeah. And then as she grows and doubles down on it, it's a lot harder to really swallow in my opinion. But I guess just for me, I think the thing about their relationship and it's not a relationship I would want, but I, I, what I try to tell myself is that like, I think it's really hard to have a parent die and there would be, I think she does like that Pacey and Dawson knew her mom and yes. that connection. Like, so her mom has a presence in their in the relationship in a way that she would struggle to have with like an Eddie or a totally or Chad Michael Murray or you know the other people she dated. And then and then moreover, I think Pacey had a really traumatic childhood. I yeah. mean, obviously he was raped um, and yeah. then you know abused by his father um, and then de- neglected by his mother. Right. And the way that and I think that there is a comfort to him to with the Joey situation because he 
he doesn't have to explain it. And we've seen him explain his past and he always writes it off or jokes about it or has this narrative that like, well, there's truth to it and it is his narrative to have. It still underplays what happened to him. Yeah. And like it, it's so I think that there is a connection and a safety that comes from someone who knows the full extent yeah. and he doesn't have to explain it. And I, I feel like that's the way in which their connection happens. And then, like, you know, on the other hand, ultimately what that means is that there is a real trauma bonding that's happening. Yeah. And, like, that's such a, a a sad way to root a relationship. But, like, on the other hand, having intense trauma. Roots relationships. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not judging, but it, it there is a sadness there, in my opinion, about, you know, forming relationships in that way. So I, I think that that's what they kind of build a connection over. And I think that what I've always said is I want what Pacey wants. He's my favorite character. So like whatever he wants, I want it. Um, And so you can kind of follow along on these journeys he's on, even in this episode when he's like fucking Sarah, you know, Sadia, you're like, okay, whatever, you know, Um, and you can kind of be there with him and feel how he feels about Dawson too. And like the real trauma he's feeling where it's like, I've never had a man love me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's really fucked up. And and now he knows that like the tentative relationship he had with Dawson is gonna be imploded again. And yeah, and how much that really fucked with Rocked his, his life, world. Yeah. You last know, time. when he was like sixteen. Mm-hmm. So you feel for him. Um so it, it's hard to say, but I, I definitely agree what the show does to the character of Joey is like unforgivable. I agree with you. And and I agree with so many people, you know, have talked um, you know, on different media media with us um whether it's email or instagram or twitter about like you know joey is their ride or die she's their favorite character and it's like i totally get you but also like they do really blow this character up which is fucking tragic Mm -hmm. because she is a great character i mean you know we just rewatched the dance from season two she's so good she's so great in that episode she's so good and we were both like oh my god this is so fun to watch and like we love her in this and like you know and it's just one of those things where you're like, it really does, this character really does implode. Yeah. In a way that's like, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, if you want to screenwrite, you should absolutely study this show. Yeah. Because I think when it does things well, it does it. So gross. Some of the best television I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. And when it does things poorly, it's some of the worst television I've ever watched. Yeah. And those things are really fascinating. I you know. know. And so like, as much as like, we've been talking about how much we've been hating this season, there's a part of me that is also fascinated by it and fascinated by like this complete tanking of, I mean, Joey is the, I think in season six, Joey is kind of the, the lead of the tanking characters, mm-hmm. right? Like they tanked Dawson's character a long time ago. Um, you know, like that's Well, he I... kind of did a turnaround though. I, I kind of yeah, feel that's like true. And then they re-tanked him. Yeah, like if <laughs> if we didn't have him and Jen break up for like the dumbest reason, we could have had a trajectory where he gets to rock bottom and he's like in unsuffer you know, insufferable. And then by the time the show ends, you're like, well, I still don't like him, but like I get it. Yeah. You know, um, like kind of what they did with Andy. Like a lot of people don't like Andy because like they tanked her character. In season three. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, by like. By the end of season she's three. so missed. Like her energy so missed. And, and like. And, the, I think, and even in season three, they hate her in the middle and they start to bring her back and people start to like her again. Right. Like in Anti-Prom and right after Anti-Prom where she 
tells Pacey, like, basically, like, you love her. Like, yeah. go, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, she is so, she rede- she is so redeemed mm-hmm. by that point. And then it's, like, it's frustrating that the writers felt like they didn't know what to do with her, so they, they she left. Her off, yeah. Because, like, I think there was a lot more a lot of places you could have gone with that character that would have been fascinating and fun to watch. But I just think that like, I agree with you. I I just think, you know, in season six, particularly, it feels like a couple of things. It feels like, first of all, it feels like Katie Holmes is being punished for being the one actor that kind of like, maybe like she is like, this is my job and I show up to it and I'm not off like shooting 900 other things. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know what the logistics of this show were. I don't know what the production logistics were. So like, I feel like I can't speak totally to this, but like she is the one person that is like always there. Yeah. She's always in, I mean, she is literally in every episode, but like she, it feels like she's in the majority of a lot of episodes. And in season six, she feels like the A storyline in a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I don't know if that's a scheduling thing or if it's a writing thing. I think it's probably a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like, having that the thing that sucks is that she seems to get punished for that right like because she's in every episode and she's in a, the bulk of every episode her character kind of like goes through the shit which would be fine if the shit led somewhere yeah i mean I, i'm not disagreeing with you that she gets punished but that it just doesn't make sense that that is happening i agree with because you because it's like well, you introduce all these new characters. Don't make them all assholes. Make some right, of them likable. Exactly. Make some of them fine. Like have some moments of joy. Make some of them women. They're yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. they're in fucking college. Where's the night where like Joey loses a shoe? Like, right, right. you know yes, what I mean? I do. Like, I've had some of those nights with you. <laughs> it's yeah. like, come on. Like, yeah. you know, like what if we just had a whole episode where Joey's like trying to find her wallet or her phone? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like and just like hijinks ensue. Like, you know if they're going to make her the main character. Right. Um, and so like every person they introduce is just fucking asshole after asshole after asshole. And like, and then also Joey's an asshole. Right. Dawson's an asshole. Pacey's an asshole at times, you know? And well, it's so, like, and who can blame them? They're surrounded by assholes. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but like, if I want to watch a show about a bunch of assholes, I'll watch a much better show. I'll watch show. a Lennon Dunham show. Yeah, I'll, I was going to say transparent, but yeah, <laughs> I'll watch, or, or girls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, there's other fair out there. Yeah. This show has never been about a bunch of assholes. No. You know? No. It's about people who sometimes can be assholes. Totally. But that's everyone. Yeah. So. So it's like really terrible. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's hard to say my connection with the Pacey and Joey relationship. I mean, at this point, it's hard to be okay with the choice that Joey made, which is a weird place for me to be in because I want to respect everyone's choices about their life, but I just don't understand why she did it. Well, and we haven't been given an explanation. Yeah. And we haven't been given a, like, here is what I am feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just like, she's like, I can't do it because Eddie came back, but yeah. that doesn't solve the problem we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. So. And then, you know, the show wants you to lean into just like imagining these things. Well, like, of course, Eddie's a better match for her. And you're like, well, OK, if I follow this show logic, fine. OK, I'm there with you. And then he just drops this insane letter. And you're that like, letter. my God, I don't know why we had to even go along with you on this story that he's a good person. Why did this it... is how it's going to end? Yes. Why didn't Eddie's story end when he left? Yeah. The first time. 
when yeah. he left the apartment empty. I don't understand what any of the rest of Eddie being involved in this season is. Yeah, or like even in the fight, like I don't know why they have to make him so mean, but I mean, I feel that way about Dawson all the time. But, <laughs> you know, I think she mentions like I've run away before and I don't want I'm scared to do that again. So like I think that is a way in which to draw the character of Joey into the decision making she's having. So you, that could be the breaking point of right. like. I already ran away for a summer. I lived on a... Okay, I didn't go to where the history is. (laughs) I went to where history is and... um, Oh, there's also history in the Caribbean. Oh my God, Erin, how funny. And every literal place you stand. (laughs) Like, okay. Um, And so... But I ran away for a summer and it was amazing. And I was grateful to be in this bubble with this person that loved me more than anything. Yeah. And when we came back... Who didn't complain about me going to Hemingway's house and looking at the six-toed cat. Yeah. And then when we came back, you know, we didn't escape all of our problems and our relationship totally imploded. And we, like, you know, had a... It was really painful. And, like, I think that, like, having to address her trauma from that and, like, again, we haven't gotten a rehashing of their, you know, their... Actual relationship yeah. and that you know of Pacey and Joey. So, but that could be a way in which she and Eddie ended, instead of it being in this like totally horrific way. Oh like God. every like the two times he leaves, it's so horrific. It's so traumatizing. So horrific. Yeah. And selfish. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Okay, and another listener corner from Alva. I saw on Twitter. Twitter thread recently um, about how as TV shows are more likely to do 10 or so episode seasons these days as opposed to 22 or so episodes in the 90s, they miss the opportunity to try things out and explore new storylines with more space over 22 episodes. I immediately thought of Dawson's Creek season three, the Eve as Jen's sister <laughs> plot being a big messed up, but they quickly forgot about um, but still had a bit of fun. But also the writers reaching crisis points mid-season and developing the Pacey and Joey storyline, which was gold, of course. The long series also gave them the ability to really play out the Pacey and Joey becoming friends and falling in love storyline, while a shorter run of episodes would have felt rushed and not earned. Anyway, I would love to hear, would love to know your thoughts on the pros and cons of long seasons of how TV show has changed because they're less common now. I mean, mean, Aaron has opinions. I mean, I guess just because we do a podcast, I'm like, it's fucking brutal to do 23 episodes (laughs) and to like sit through real shit, you know? Yeah. And I just, I mean, I love a sweet spot of like a 16 up, you know, season episode. I, I definitely think 10 is too short because they just put all the shit in like the ninth episode. Yeah. And you're like, well, I might as well just watch the ninth episode. (laughs) You know? Um, And that feels sloppy in this other way. Yeah. Um, I I think that like, like to me, I think about it a lot and I just think that we could edit down each season of Dawson's Creek to 16 episodes and then they would be phenomenal. Like cut the shit, like, you know, cut the fat. fat. Yeah. Like, cut a lot of the storylines that like don't really work and yeah. don't make sense and aren't really mentioned like 
you know, we could have a season five without downtown crossing, just cut that whole episode and like cut, you know, the love the lines hundredth episode, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh God, yeah. um, cut a lot of the, the stories that are fucked up and don't really make sense. You know, we yeah. could end Coda like 15 minutes early. Yeah. Um, and have that be an actual a great good episode, episode yeah. you know, cut the scene where Joey says to Dawson, I know what that kiss meant. And then just kisses him. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Um, so I, I do think that there's a way in which you could make a show like the series, the series of Dawson's Creek, just with what the media were given, cut a lot of the stuff and make it better. I think when you see season one of Dawson's Creek, it is really phenomenal storytelling because they do a whole arc of the it's 13 episodes, 13 episodes yeah. and like they show pace or sorry, Dawson, like, quote, realizing yeah. that he loves Joey. It's just that, you know, the storytelling is in reverse or I guess we get both Pacey. We first get Pacey realizing he loves Joey, and then we get Joey realizing he loves Pacey, which is like just more sensational, I guess, more yeah. more exhilarating to watch versus the like frustration of watching Dawson fall in love with Joey, and like even the way he falls in love, it's like hard to be on board with, even though you really buy into it in the beginning. So it's hard to say. Yeah. And I think like, it's interesting because I watch a lot of different kinds of the lengths of, of TV. Cause uh-huh. I do have two shows that I watch that are network television yeah, shows. Yeah. Um, and I watch them week to week. Like, yeah. And one of them is a procedural. So like that is a little different too. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I think that like, I think that what's funny about Dawson's Creek and I, and where I would agree with you on like Dawson's Creek would have really benefited from a 16 episode season yeah. because I think that the episodes where they kind of like, like even in season three, if we're looking at season three, which is by far the best season, yeah. like, you know, they just could have gotten rid of the AJ. Right. And there, those things where like the, the episode where they all go to college, I forget yeah, what yeah. it's called, but like, they like, you know, close encounters of the first kind. Yeah. They like that. You don't need almost any of that. Like the Nikki green. Sure. But like bring her in, but you could have done that some other way in some other episode. And so like those episodes, I think there's a lot, like there's a few filler episodes of Dawson's Creek that I really do love. Like, like even return to Witch Island, which is insane, but like, I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and like the ho- some the spooky episodes, yeah, like the scare, yeah, all the, the spooky, spooky, all ones the spooky are episodes. Good. The scare like, you could cut yeah. it from season one, but why? Right, exactly. So my thing is, and where my argument stands, and I know I've made it before, but is in a show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is in a show like there. There's a few shows like that where like in the episodes that are sort of filler episodes, they are some of the best episodes, Mm. even though they have nothing to do with like the plot of the season. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I would feel it missing. Right. Like, like there are episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like the one called band candy or doppelgangland where like, those are some of the best episodes of Buffy Mm. and they have almost zero to do. There's like Mm. a couple of little plot things, but like, almost zero to do with the plot, but there are great episodes of television. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's this part of me that's like, I think you have to know what your show is. Right. And you have to know what you're doing with the show. And so I think like the problem that we're hitting with Dawson's Creek in season six is that like they had to fill 22 or 23 episodes, whatever it is of season six. Yeah. And they seemed to have not plotted this out. I know. 
I mean, I think that's the only that's the only thing I can think is that like there is so no actual trajectory. Five, I felt that way. What is the trajectory? Right, there's no trajectory for what's happening. And in season four, they had one built in. They've got to get to graduation. So yeah. like, you know, okay, fine. They wanted to break up Pacey and Joey, obviously. Yeah, we want to break up Pacey and Joey. We have to get you know these kids have to graduate from high school or yeah, leave and have high school. Dawson move on. Those, right, exactly. Those are the storyline. So, so my thing is like, you know, okay, so so there are these plotted out like you. You know, and I think the best episodes or the best seasons of Dawson's Creek, season three and season one, are plotted. Like, mm-hmm. there is a trajectory. We are aiming for something. Yeah. And and the, as we get closer, we get tighter and tighter and tighter on the thing we're aiming at. And I think that's really great television. And I think that, like, now, like, I just finished watching um, First Kill, which is, like, a very cheesy, but mm-hmm. I love it, like, vampire romance. Um, it's eight episodes on Netflix. And, like... It tells the story it tells. Right. It's like, okay, here's the story. It's plotted out in eight episodes. It's totally fine in those plotted out eight episodes. Like, yeah, there's nothing extra. There's no, like, you know, there's no musical episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no, you know. But, like, it tells the story it's telling me. I, I watch. I sat down and watched all eight episodes in, like, a day and a half. You know, right. like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. But, like... And then I also watch, I watch Station 19 and NCIS Hawaii, which are two. I think only Station 19 has about 16. Okay. But that's an ABC, like, yeah, it's yeah. a drama on ABC. Yeah. And, like, uh, well, this last season was a nightmare. But, like, normally it's plotted out pretty well. Mm. Um, and, like, but it also doesn't, it doesn't need to have a trajectory. Right. In the same way. Like, you know, yeah, it usually ends with some big thing happening, but, like, it doesn't work towards something Mm. and I think that like sometimes that's great and sometimes it's not um and NCIS Hawaii is a is a is a um what's it called I just said it procedural a procedural thank you so like just the mystery is bigger in the last episode yeah it's just one of those things where it's like that's fine and like there's some filler stuff but Mm -hmm. like there's always a mystery to be solved and like that's it and and so I think that there's like room for all of them Mm -hmm. you know I think like I'm perfect there's like 22 episodes of NCIS Hawaii I'm perfectly fine watching it for 22 episodes it was every one of them has entertainment you know value to them Mm. but like I don't need if you are telling me a story that's like over an arc over the season. I want you to tell me the story that's arced over the season. Yeah. And I think if you have a show that allows for some fun, for some like breakout episodes, sure, 22 episodes sometimes gives you the room to like experiment with things. It's just bizarre, I guess, that CW or WB was so committed to the 23 yeah. model because like, um, my so-called life is 19. My, uh, freaks and geeks is 19. Yeah. I, uh, firefly is 19. But those so, all got canceled. I, think. I know, but I just mean like the other networks were doing 19 orders. Yeah. And so why did they have, I, I, I definitely think the extra, f- it could do without the extra four. Yeah. And I, but I also think that like, I think that, you know, if you look at like some of the, I don't know, some of the stuff, I agree with you that, like, like Game of Thrones was mm-hmm. doing, what, 10? I think so, 10 or 12. Yeah. And so, and that was, like, I mean, I get it from a production standpoint. Like, you're making a movie every week. Yeah. And... 
that shit takes a long time. And like, there's so much CGI and so much this and that. And like, I get it, but there's, I mean, I guess the problem with the show like that is that there's a ton of filler, even if you're only doing 10 episodes. And I would say that's my complaint about something like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the shorter seasons always fix the problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, The Expanse is based on a very similar level of IP as the Game of Thrones. And I feel like it, I'm always thirsty for more episodes. Right. Whereas Game of Thrones, I'm like, hmm. Oh, my God. Give me less, please. Yeah. yeah. It's just like all leading to a big fight scene at the end. And OK, you know, or like whatever. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I think I just think that 23, no matter how you cut it, is too much. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of episodes. It's um, also you see it in the writers faces that they're like or the actors faces that they're like checked out. They're over it. Like you just every time Dawson and Joey are on screen together, you can tell that they're like, this is soul crushing. Yeah. To still be having to do this. And right. I can't bring it. Because, like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Well, and that's the thing is that, like, I think also it's, you know, and they've, all of these actors have talked about how sometimes it felt like a factory job where it was like, you just go in, you say your lines, whatever. And actually, I've had other actors that I know talk about, like, I literally just do this show because it pays me well. Yeah, yeah, And, like, I go in, I say whatever line they want me to say, and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and to me, that's, like, that's kind of interesting. Um, You know, I think, like, a lot of people don't think of the art that they're consuming like that. But, like, you know, there's some of it that is very, like, formulaic. And, like, you know, as an actor, it's, like, I just go in and say the lines, and that's that. Um, but have they lost their creative integrity and therefore are amoral? <laughs> I don't know. Dawson Dawson will be able to tell us. Mm-hmm. I was just looking up, actually, because I wanted to, because I remembered 90210. Mm-hmm. God, Tara Ariano, they did a whole 90210 podcast. Listen, episode one had 22 episodes. Season one. Or, sorry, season one had 22 episodes. Then it goes 28, 30, 32, 32, 32, 32, 32, 26, 27. Oh, my God. Because Dinosaur used to do the summer summer episodes. God, those people must have been exhausted. Well, the cast was so big. It was so big. Also... Not to not to besmirch my beloved 90210, but they did recycle storylines quite often. Oh yeah, everyone had a drug addiction. I know. I was just gonna say that every season someone had a drug addiction. Yeah, someone was like nearly sexually assaulted. Um, Yeah, but that's a like that's bananas to me. Yeah, thirty-two episodes. That's brutal. Thirty-two is too many. Oh my god. Twenty-two is. For almost every show, 22 is too many. I totally agree with you. But 22 is too many. And this season, like, I like people keep this saying. This season should have been five episodes. So brutal. This season is so brutal. Yeah. I mean, it could have been 22 or 23. I mean, it ends up being 25, I think, 24. But it would have to have had, like, a real trajectory and an and a few different arcs, you know? Well, it's just like have an idea of the story you're going to tell. Yeah. It seems like nobody had any idea of what story they wanted to tell. They just were like, okay, what are we going to do this week, guys? Yeah. What are we going to do this week, guys? And like, there's no, like, you know, every 
every writer's room that I've seen has like a whiteboard that has a season long trajectory for the characters. Yeah. And then, and then you break down episode by episode what that looks like. Right. And my thing is like, I don't think that, I can't imagine that this season had that. No. Where, where are they trying to get all these people? I mean, I think that they had the story of Jack trying to be in a relationship and then realizing like what that meant to him, you know, and we see it kind of wrapped up in this episode where he's like, was I just putting on a show or am I trying to be a slut? But he was barely in the show. Also, much like the frat storyline, it goes on for so So long. long. And it's like so few and far between that we're just like, oh, my God, are we back here again? Yeah. What yeah. Is this? Who's this guy again? And they, at least with the frat storyline, they really needed to tell us that like his dad was in that frat or yeah. his brother or his grandpa or yeah. some reason why we knew why it, he it was. Meant something it meant him. something to him. Like, I like I just think if they had been like, oh, my brother was in this frat, we could buy into. The yeah. Whole it's thing. like oh, his brother that died. So this yeah. is like a big thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh God! So anyway, it's annoying, but terrible. Yeah, I definitely think twenty-two is too long. But you know, I love a good nineteen season, nineteen episode season, a sixteen episode season. Yeah, I think ten is too short. Also, it depends on what story you're telling. If you're telling a story that's ten episodes, I mean, if I'm long, just talking about specific teen drama, ten is way too short. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Unspecific, unspecified teen drama, ten is too short. Yeah. If you're gonna tell me, like I said, first, first. Kill, first kill. If you're going to tell me that story that you're telling me, eight, fine. Mm. That's fine. You mm-hmm. told me the story. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, anyway. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for being here. We're almost done. So, it's kind of wild. It's bittersweet because this is like pure trash where we're at, but I'll definitely miss it. You yeah, know? totally. Um, I know we were just saying that it would have been so nice if these episodes were like lovely and amazing mm-hmm. like we would have been in such better spirits and we're sorry that we're slogging through <laughs> but we yeah it. i know it's really hard to be engaged with the material yeah um and the storytelling and it just doesn't make any sense and they rely on you making a lot of assumptions which like is shoddy storytelling yeah totally um and like we don't even get to check in with our characters like what's audrey's you know how she feel how she feel yeah what, she's mad that she has to go to summer school but like it's like what's jen's that's season-long that story that she emotion. like falls in love with a shitty person named cj i mean it's like frankly we already saw that with henry yeah, totally we've been there you know? also i mean she not that she was in love with him but we also saw it with shad michael murray yeah you know, it's like how many shitty guys does jen have to so it's <sighs> like frustrating yeah and i don't really know how that like moves her along and then like the few times we see grams it's like fucking batshit oh my god she's dating that guy uncle bill like what i know she this doesn't make any sense so that's really sad to see these really phenomenal characters and phenomenal actors Mm -hmm. be like just lost in the mush and and then you know as a result of that getting these really shitty storytelling you know like yeah like joey being the main character but she's always interacting with either hedson or eddie yeah (laughs) no thank you so i I agree it's super hard um yeah but yeah we're coming to the end so get your questions in um for our season six wrap up and like we said we're gonna take a summer break so we're gonna i mean honestly it's been a slog so we're definitely gonna do at least a month um between when we finish recording these episodes and when we bring you the actual series finale yeah um like i think i said this last time but we just don't feel like we can do it justice if we come 
straight out of these episodes. No way. So we're going to give you some, it's it's not that we're going to not be here where you're still going to get an episode every week, but yeah. there's going to be a break between so yeah. that we can kind of get our heads straight um, and give you an actual season finale or series finale yeah. that like does justice to the series finale because, you know, I think, you I know, mean, it's a really good episode. So I'm excited to be there, but I need to be in the right headspace. Exactly. Um, I need like five years, right? Yeah, you need <laughs> at least five years. <laughs> so, yeah. So get your questions in for a season six wrap up. Um, and so because we're going to do like what we normally do, um, a wrap up of the season. Um, but get those in now because we're probably going to record a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for being here, um, you know, continuing along this journey with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so thankful for you. And it's been quite a ride. So like yeah. I keep saying, it's definitely bittersweet. Um, we hope you're all staying safe, you know, washing your hands. It's summer. So some people, that means being inside. That's not our vibe in L.A. That means being outside. But if you're inside, just remember, like, to be safe. Wash your yeah. hands. Yeah. Wear a mask. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah. 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 Or, are we have we exited we still have a disease that's very contagious there's a contagious exactly yeah there's a contagious aerosolized Um, disease that spreads by aerosolized particles and yeah so just be careful because yeah you know we don't know who's immunocompromised um and we live in an incredibly ableist society uh black lives matter defund the police stop asian hate honor our treaties Water is life. We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Um, abortion is health care. Abortion is pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, separation of church and state now. Um, you know, you do not need a fucking semi-automatic assault rifle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Common sense gun control, universal background checks. Um Gosh, cancel student debt. Um, yeah, let gay people live. Yeah. Let trans people love live. Love is love. Yeah. Trans rights are human rights. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all real, of it. Yeah. Climate change is real. Woof. Boy, <laughs> is it. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us. Again, get your questions in for season six. Um, Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley. For Capitalism Corner, we have merch. Bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Um, we have a Patreon. Uh, we just watched Weekend in the Country. Mm-hmm. So that's coming coming in hot. Uh, love that episode. We're going to do some movies. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. doing Rules of Rules Attraction of and Disturbing Behavior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can find us over there, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. Um, and as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. And since we've been talking so much about Boston in this episode, uh-huh. we'll shout out Porter Square Books uh, right there in Boston, Mass. It might be in Cambridge. Sorry, Boston mm-hmm. people, don't be mad at me. Those are the mm-hmm. same in my mind. Yeah. Um, I know they're technically different, but whatever. Um, so uh, please like, like a subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcast. Thank you for those of you who have done that. It really helps us when you do. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Pesty1079. Thank you so much for being here with us. We will see you next week. Please keep taking care of yourselves. We love you and we will. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.